Today's episode is brought to you by Squarespace. Squarespace is the easiest way to create a beautiful website, blog, or online store for you and your ideas. Squarespace features an elegant interface, beautiful templates, and incredible 24-7 customer support. They even have their first gaming tournament sponsorship over at deckmasters.vulcan.com. Try Squarespace at squarespace.com and enter the offer code KINDOFFUNNY at checkout to get 10% off. Squarespace. Build it beautiful. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Game Over Greggy Show. I'm one of your hosts, Greg Miller, alongside the producer slash seducer slash eating bread again, Nick Scarpino. Eating bread again. Bread. The carbs are back. I had two bread beautiful again. pieces of bread today. True story. I've actually been on carbs for a while. I just haven't made a big deal. How of it. how long's a while? Like a month. Forever. Why have you not eaten any of bread, the bread here? When you're here, you all you, you have a sad little Ziploc bag full of loose meat, and then you got a fucking egg. <laughs> How the hell am I supposed to put any? You're still shitting your brains out every day. Uh, you're not seeing. I'm doing. I usually do like more carbs in the morning. So mm. when I go to the Starbucks, I get a breakfast sandwich. I'm back on those breakfast sandwiches. Mm. Uh, at night, I have like like last Man. night. I had some so wait, rice you crackers. go hard at Starbucks before we go to Starbucks. Yeah, and then we go, you to, go to Starbucks twice a day. Yeah, because I've developed this new stratagem. Would you like to hear it? That's a, that's I like a, that you're using the word strategy, first of all. <laughs> yeah, I want to hear it from hell. I haven't, heard, I haven't heard that word in a long time. So, yeah, let's... let's uh, my stratagem is as follows. Mm. Buy the coffee and then see if you can get the refill at a different Starbucks. Now, they're not technically supposed to hmm. let you do this, but sometimes they're cool and they don't give a shit and they don't want the argument and they just do it. So, I get two coffees for an extra 50 cents. Nice. Which is not bad. So, you're making money. Not making money, still still costing me money. <laughs> so how much money do you make in a day now? Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm making a negative two fifty. Oh, okay. okay, that's pretty good though. You're turning it around though. Yeah, that was a negative three not too long ago. Yeah, that's very true. Okay, you're um, saving three fifty a week if you went every day and did it, but you're only going on weekdays probably, right? So you're saving two fifty. Uh, no, no, you, you don't know Nick that well, do you? No, I go every day. No, I go to Starbucks at least. You go twice. I'm, I'm saying, I assume that maybe you go every day, but you don't go twice a day on no, Saturday. No, not on Saturday. So you see, well, sometimes I do. Here's the deal. It's a waste of money, though. Because my wife and I like to go for walks, and sometimes we'll walk, like we'll walk for a good half hour, forty five minutes. We'll start it with a Starbucks, and we'll just you just keep nothing it more hands. refreshing at the end of a walk than coffee. No, that's bad. It's actually been. Uh, yeah, no, I know everyone. It's been very bad lately. I've had to, I've had to remind myself to hydrate because I've had the. Uh, it's how you get kidney stones, you know. I know. It's true. Greg will drink enough water for all of you. I try. I try to keep it around over here. Try to keep it real. I've never seen anyone drink more water than than Greg, and I've never seen anyone pee less. There's something yeah, really mysterious uh-oh. going on with Greg Miller. I evacuated by yelling. Oh, okay. I turned it into water vapor. You that's what powers oh. the inside. I'm a steam machine, guys. You ever see the fucking fucking truck? <laughs> Where you going? I ever see the train from Back to the Future 3? Yeah, that's like me. That. That's, that's me. You had a Nick moment there. I, know. <laughs> I, yeah, no, I knew where I was going, and I saw it. I just couldn't grab it. Here's the thing. So I had a Dear Alice moment. I knew the word I needed mm. and just couldn't get to it. The reason that Tim doesn't pee is because he only drinks Coca-Cola, mm. which is not real liquid I anyway. a lot. I don't shit. You don't shit. You don't, I just shit. You don't eat that much. You shit uh, sometimes. Kevin yeah. doesn't pee because he sweats it all out. 
Yearly, I love you, Kevin. But Several stop, times. Stop ruining this joke. Colin just doesn't drink. He that's the one water he's got for the week. I don't drink a lot of water anymore. I but you open to, a lot of water bottles. Yeah, and I just a lot of water bottles all over. <laughs> oh, my dad used to make fun of me all the time. We pull in spring. We drink back on the East Coast, and I used to leave those pull in spring. That's what you call getting water. Like Palm Spring is like the Arrowhead. No, not oh. pulling wool. <laughs> it was, yeah, it was a brand. Guys, I got to be honest with you. You've never seen Poland Spring before? It's right a ubiquitous, famous bottled water company. No, no, Poland Spring sounds sexy. That sounds nasty. Green bottles. It's just like the Arrowhead Tim, of the West Coast. Let's go bring a piece of string. Yeah. Pull some strang. That's what it's nasty. Some string. But anyway, I used to just leave water bottles all over the house. My dad used to get really mad. He's like, you drank like no used to. Yeah, still. Oh no, I punted one across the living room earlier today. I don't know where it was. I think it was, it was on the ground. I probably yeah. left it when I was laying on the ground for no reason. You did. Watching hockey. What? <laughs> so I watch hockey just lay on the ground. Mm. You know, as you do as one on does. the yeah, yeah, you want to feel like yeah, the puck. we do. You, you got to pull puck. Exactly, we do different things on the island. Pulling but, puck. And as you know, puck. in case you're curious, it still is true that I have an advantage in our desert island scenarios because I was in fact born and raised on an island. So I just mm-hmm. want to remind you guys of that as well. Yeah. yeah. Um, true story. Colin was very disappointed that more people picked up on that one. Yeah. I was, he I, looked I, through I, the comments. He's like, oh, no one's. I, like I that think one. that's one of the funniest things that's come from the show. Period. Like, I like that. Your the sincerity in your voice that you think that you're. Better than us because you're from an island. Never mind the fact that I actually legitimately grew up in a desert in the Inland Empire. I didn't say I was better than anyone. I said that because I grew up on an island, I could survive the desert island scenario more likely than not. That was all I was trying to say. Right. And I'm not going to give you any reason why that no, is. No, I want to know. Because I don't really know. After we're done making his... Weird fucking documentary, yeah, well, documentary yeah. about this, like when he when he finally goes in the killing spree, right, or right. we discover the bodies, as right. I should say, because I'm nearly 100 percent sure he's already killed at least three people. Well, yeah, but then Kevin takes nope. care of the bodies. Too late. You're not good enough. Not fast enough. Yeah. You don't need to worry about being fast and they're dead, do you, Kev? <laughs> Look at him slowly go over to mute the mic. <laughs> hey, Kev, did the movie The Quick and the Dead turn you on? <laughs> Over here, the Pride of Long Island, Colin Moriarty. It's good to be here with you, Greg. And there's the pure one, Tim Geddes. Hello. Wearing some of his new clothes. New clothes. Debuting it. I wasn't going to bring attention to it. You know what? Things fucking happen. It, it's pretty obvious. When you walked in today, I knew you were a new, you know a new shirt. I well, didn't know I you should do pants as well. I told, I well, you pants. told me later, yeah. Can they see my pants, guys? No, get up and do the little crab squats you were doing a second ago. Crab squats. Everybody, if you're listening at home, he's about to crab squat. And there it is. He's crab squatting. That's sexy. What is that now? Please get, he's breaking into. You got to break in these pants, you know? You got to break in pants. Yeah, what color are they? They they're black. Are they, like a, they are black, right? They're black. How many pairs of jeans did you get, Tim? Into the camera. Kevin, you're the one who's going to break the camera one day. Kevin. I would not have been fun. Kevin almost took a tumble. Yeah. He, he pointed out to me. Tumble. Almost out the window. Oh, yeah. Hmm. Right Which was long foretold in the prophecy. Oh, I didn't even the realize prophecy. that. Yeah, that's going. He's going to break right through that screen. Not this one, the other one. No, I think he's going to fall out that window, which is going to be hilarious because he's just going to fall like three feet. <laughs> one foot down. I noticed today. Yeah. Ke- I finally was able to put words to how Kevin walks. Mm. Kevin walks like a bushwhacker. 
from WWF. The Bushwhackers, you mm. remember these guys? Yeah. They marched down yeah. doing this thing. That's his stomps today. I was like, he walked like a not, not, he walks, not he walks, the arm part. He walks just very heavy. Stomp he walks cadence. very heavy. Yeah, he if does. you sped it up My a little God, bit, you'd be you'd heavy. be walking heavy like Stone Cold Steve Austin. When you don't weigh five hundred pounds. You don't have to walk around like that. Sounds like you're in a mech when you walk around. It's true. That is that's a really good way. He acts that way constantly though. It's like he's the way he walks. Yeah, he drives that. way. It's the way he it he drives that way. He almost kills you that way. He sleeps that way. Good lord, he sleeps that way. That was fine. I feel like Kevin's suspension's broken, like physically. Indefinitely. <laughs> he does walk a little like a drunk bull. <laughs> oh, man. You know what I mean? Like a bull that's like, I don't know. Like it doesn't realize that it has control over the front part of its body and the back part of its body oh, at the same like time. So it's kind of like lists a little bit and then comes back. So like a bull in the China shop, as it were. A drunk bull in a China shop. Where like sometimes you're just like, is that bull going to move? Why has it been sleeping for three days? <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, this is the Game Over Gregory Show. Each and every week, four, sometimes five best friends gather on this table. Each bring a random topic discussion for your amusement. If you like that, you can get the whole show early over at patreon.com slash kindoffunny each and every Friday. But if you don't want to give us any money, it's no big deal. Go to youtube.com slash kindoffunny day by day for every topic. They're broken out. They're put up. You love them until over on Friday. We put up the whole show for free on iTunes, podcast services, Windows, beam it to your brains. iTunes, believe. iTunes. Did I say it weird? Yeah. Yeah. You really did. I mm. I like making fun of you, Greg. I know you did. Is this a new shirt? The shirt? Yeah, this shirt for a while. No. Yeah, I feel like I've seen that before. No, but I've seen the shirt before. The, the Nick Scarpino and Joey Coke shirt went away. Oh, yeah, no, I, got, I bought it again. I like to buy, I buy the same oh, shoes. Word. It's been gone for years, guys. This... Yeah, no, it didn't go away. Let's, let's, let's pull the, like, let's shed some light on this. Were okay. you to say pull the wool again? I was going to say pull the wool. I got pull, <laughs> I got pull the wool on my brain. Uh, the wife threw that shirt away. Yeah. Because, and I quote, it's disgusting because it was kind of gross and it had holes in it. Mm-hmm. But I liked it because it was super comfy. Then I just bought it again at Target. Oh, okay. Yeah. I buy that and I, I like always to have uh, – I'm not wearing them today, but I have the same Vans that I, I buy. Every time they wear out, I just buy mm. the exact same pair again. Yeah. I'm a creature of habit. No, I do that too. These, oh, no, these shoes? Mm-hmm. These are my sixth pair of these shoes. No shit. No, I buy black Converse all the time. I like them. Colin. Yes. What's your topic? It's so surprising that I get to go first. Usually you bury my brilliance <laughs> somewhere deep in the show, but you know I reliably get on base, Greg, and therefore you want me to hit Lead off. Yep. You want me to hit All lead those off things. today? Just like Damon Wayans or whatever. The yeah, Damon Wayans hit le- batted yeah. Damon Wayans with an awesome yeah. leadoff hitter, as far as I understand. <laughs> Not like Marlon Wayans. I, I was pondering a question that's quite that everyone has to deal with at one, uh, uh, at, at one point, or something that they all have to deal with, and it's, uh, it's death. Oh. oh, okay. And I'm wondering, are it's you afraid death. to die, Nick? No. I'm not what, afraid if he to stab, what if you just stood up and stabbed him? Good. <laughs> Colin turns into a bat and flies away. <laughs> I knew it. I fucking knew it all the time. Um, I'm not afraid to die. No, I don't think so. I'm not afraid of death. I don't think about death often. What I do think about, the only thing I'm really afraid of is not accomplishing what I want to accomplish in life before I die. And that's make a movie. Uh, it's make movies. Uh, it's do what we're doing now, but just on a grander scale. Sure. Um, it's really growing this into something that's that's a that's an empire, um, but no, I don't think so. I mean, like I, I think about that a lot too because I'm like, I wonder if, what would happen if all, all over tomorrow if I got hit by a car or something and I was on my deathbed, would I be sad? Sure, but I would still think, look back at my life, and be like, we did awesome shit and we took risks and I was fulfilled all the way up until this point. Now give me some goddamn morphine because my spine is crushed. 
Very Damn. dark. It's very dark. Took a turn. Yeah. Then. Took a turn. Um, but I'm not. You know, I don't fear it. I don't. I. Do. I mean, having said that, I want to live forever, and I. I intend to live forever. Really. Hundred percent. Yeah. That's dangerous. They're good with, with the bicentennial scary. man body parts. Yeah, the bicentennial man. I'm thinking as soon as they discover, as soon as vampires decide to show themselves to us, I will mm. of course uh, uh, service one in any way, shape, or form <laughs> necessary. Until <laughs> uh, uh, until that day, until such a day where that person, uh, that vampire, decides to make me a uh, uh, official member of the undead. Okay, that's going to do it. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. What about you, Greg? Are you afraid of death? No. You've looked it in the face once or twice already. No. I never thought I'd die from cancer. Really? That was never no, because like even from the beginning when they're like, Yeah, you might have cancer, it was like you're gonna have this Hodgkin's lymphoma. It's got the best it's got like an eighty two, eighty five percent survival rate. Oh that's what you told me. Well I really handed it up to you. I was like, Nick, it's bad, dude. You're like, it's I got one percent. I need one night with your wife. (laughs) And I gave it to him. (laughs) You had to be you were there too though. I was in the closet. You knew about that? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) All you heard in the closet was Yeah, it would have sounded exactly like this. Uh, and then a real slow, <laughs> and then a real slow kind of, just one or two like last minute spasms. Let's write a Prince. Yeah, just, yeah. <laughs> no, I don't. I'm not afraid of it. I don't. I don't know. When it happens, it happens. It's, I don't ever think about it. You know what I mean? It's so rare that I think you actually get a chance. You're like, oh man, that could have fucked me up. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, I don't even think I have mm-hmm. those moments really mm-hmm. of like where I, I was close. I'm sure they exist. Yeah. I think about in backyard wrestling when I almost broke my arm. That's like a, that's like a thing of like I was close to breaking my arm, not I was close to dying from a yeah. broken arm. But like that was like a moment where it's <laughs> like oh shit, I dodged a bullet there. You know, I dodged a bullet not breaking my arm there. Yeah. But like the cancer thing and the allergic reaction and stuff to the medicine and stuff, like it, w- it wasn't gonna kill me. It was just a pain in the ass. Right. Yeah. So yeah. Now I don't worry about it. Tim, are you afraid to die? You know, it's one of those things where it's like in, in the way Greg's saying. I don't think I've ever been afraid to die in like a, a sense of. I actually think I'm going to die right now, and I'm scared of that. It's more the idea of once I start thinking about, am I afraid to die? I think the answer is yes. And I think that because when I watch movies or things that are created to elicit a response from me, like an Mm, emotional mm. response, and it's surrounding death, it affects me greatly. And uh, the idea of me dying and what that would do to the people I love, or like, I guess I'm scared of death in the sense I'm scared of other people dying. Mm. And I know what that would do to me. Like, my mom and brother are two people that at any moment could die. I know anyone can die at any moment. I yeah. But I feel like them two specifically, for very different reasons. Like, the needle their chips are about to fall. Yeah, they're just they're, doing, they're pulling some bullshit. And I'm like, all right, guys, don't do this to me. Just don't die because I don't want them to. It'll be like that would it would really suck if that were to happen when that happens. And knowing that feeling. I feel like there's a lot of people out there that would feel that way about me. Mm, yeah, sure. And like not millions, but I could I could name at least. One. I'd be upset if you died. Yeah, there'd be a, a couple people, and I'd be like, I don't want that, you know, because that there's when you watch Lion King, yeah, and Mufasa dies, it's like that scene makes you feel so fucked up and like empty. For a reason, you know, there's like a reason that all these movies play off of death. Like death is such, and it's not just movies; it's everything. Like. There's nothing worse than being at a funeral. Like you're being you're surrounded by people that are remembering the good times and all that stuff. So it's like in some ways it, it's a beautiful thing to like celebrate someone's life. And I feel like a lot of times funerals are that, but it's also like you're only doing that to kind of get over the fact that you're, you're dealing grieving. with something horrible. Yeah. You know? And that stuff really gets to me and it really makes me think. So in that sense, it's like 
I am definitely scared of that. Like I'm scared of having, of just, I'm scared of knowing that when I die, that's going to cause a lot of other people to do that for me. And it's like, I don't want them to do that for me. But we'll play your videos at your funeral. Yeah, no, it's going to be great. Like my funeral is going to be a fucking dope ass production. Like for fucking sure. We already started, I'm not too worried. Yeah, 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 I'm not too worried about that. It's going to be essentially like kind of funny live, but just like, you know, <laughs> a little but bit longer. Yeah. <laughs> um, and a few more people will be crying. If you but, wait like, at Tim's funeral, please call me. We will talk you through this. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's, it, I definitely think about it a lot. I feel like there's been a few deaths in my life that have affected me greatly and have always made me think these things. Mm. And it's usually less about the person dying and more about the people that are alive that have to deal with it. Sure. Yeah. They don't, the person who's dead doesn't have to worry about it anymore. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't know. But I'm definitely scared. And it's, it's interesting, though, because this gets really fucking deep and it really kind of makes you think, like, Whenever these questions come come up and I don't really have answers to them, like I, or I have an answer but I don't know why, it I go back and I'm like, why are we here? Like why? Like what Nick said about like you're happy with your life because you lived a good life. I am so happy with my life. Mm-hmm. I've already done so much of the things I want to do, and I know I'm going to do so many more, and things are great. But it's like, so what? I always ask myself like, why am I doing all this stuff, and like who cares, and what's it for, and helping people? Why help people? Who cares? Help people, hurt people. It's like at the end of the day, like, we're going to be dead and it's not going to matter, you know? Yeah. And that's weird to think about. Yeah. I don't want to think about life that way. I just want to be nice and help people and try to make as many people as happy as possible. And I know I feel fulfilled. I want to help other people feel feel as fulfilled as possible, too. Sure. But that's it's scary to not know, like, what's going to happen when you die and why you lived. Mm, that's one of the great mysteries, though. Yeah. I, I That part I'm excited about. I don't think about myself dying ever. You know what I mean? That's a rare thing for me. I, I always say I want to check out early. I don't want to be around forever. I don't want to get sold that I can't use video games and do all the stuff I like, right? Where you you get John sh- Candy. The shaky hands. He's like 43. Well, is that what it was for him? Yeah. That's a bit young. Oh, yeah. I think, I think, it feel, I feel like in your mid 50s is when you want to be able to play games as well. Is, no way. What? When do my skills start going? You got to say, you that's what you go. care about? Is like, when you can stop playing video games? When I can, well, yeah, when my body will stop me from doing the things I enjoy to do. That's what I'm saying in, in a roundabout fashion. I'm not just hung up on the fact that I want to be able to play Uncharted yeah. Golden Abyss on my PlayStation Vita 32. The that, Oculus. Yeah, exactly. They're not making another Vita. Um, Let alone 31. <laughs> 31 is going to really, that, that'll be the breaking uh, that point day, for him. I don't know if it'll stick to 32. The Vita 31. You'll be surprised, life. Um, I don't know. I mean, I feel like that's the thing. You look at, you look at, people that are in their 60s now and of course no, that's it, a good point it runs the it runs the gamut right if people don't take care of themselves you can be in your mid-40s and look like shit and your body will be you know decrepit and not work out so well um but there are plenty of people in their 60s that are probably in way better shape than all of us and right i'm just now. ballparking the figure here sure I'm, i would think for you 80 80s when i should, I should be looking because yeah, i feel like by set like 70 yeah you're still gonna be with it i mean i know i have relatives that are in their 70s they have great medical care they take care of themselves and they're spry they move around i mean they're not gonna be able to get on the leaderboards of fucking in a, in, on a cod tournament but you know <laughs> i never want to do that can but, i play you know, gone home 32 yeah you can play gone home 32 because right. that's easy you just click, click gone back home again click <laughs> oh yeah sarah you know, that's all you sarah's do. child can you still read? It'd be like this. Though. I can't. I don't know. Can you have a monocle? Have to, at that point, you'll be so wealthy, you'll have to pay. You'll have to pay someone to read it to you. Sure. That's always such a weird thing. Comes out. Of, Con, are you scared of dying? 
Uh, yes and no. Um, I sometimes think about the moment of death and what that is and, like, what that's like. Because if, if that's... I, I have in my head this notion that death is more traumatic for the human body than we realize. And the only reason we don't really realize it is because you're dead. So, like... What I'm sure there's scientific answers to some of these things, but there's certainly no philosophical or spiritual answers to what happens or psychological answers. Like your brain shuts off, your heart stops, and then it's just over. Like I don't know if I believe that. I think there might be like a little bit more. I'm not saying it's a years long struggle. I might be I, you, when you die, it might not be comfortable, even if you're dying like in your bed in sleep. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like I, I sometimes think about that. Like what is the act of dying like? You know, my mom died on the operating table when she was 12, and she had like a really serious disease when she was a kid, and she died for a few minutes and she swears, you know, the, the white light thing and stuff like that. And I feel like mm-hmm. that's probably more what it's like. And she was at peace and stuff like that. And I feel like your body's full of so much like endorphin at that point that it's just like, it's just like a very peaceful and tranquil thing. But I sometimes fear sometimes it could be like a horrible thing. You know, the thing that I think, and I hate verbalizing this. I hate, I hate, hate verbalizing this because I believe in, you know, I don't really believe in it, but you know, jinxing and stuff like that is that I've experienced death in deaths that have really affected me. But like my grandparents dying and my hockey coach in high school died. And that was like one of the saddest day, like moments ever for me. Um, cause he was a really good man, uh, and really important to me. Um, but no one in my immediate family has died yet. And you know, I knock on, on wood for that. Like, I feel like if my siblings, that's are my, terrifying. Your mom is calling you right now. <laughs> yeah, that is, that is weird. I, um, I feel like if, if, um, something happened to my parents or something happened to my, to my siblings, like I would lose my mind. Like, and I, and, mm-hmm. and that, so it's more of uh, um, the, if I found out, God forbid my mom passed away, or my dad passed away, I'd be fucking finished for a while. Mm-hmm. You know, like that's just, I'm very close to them and that would be hard for me to accept. And so I'm not so like a life without one of them, like where you're like, you can't call them or you can't, you know, in my mm-hmm. mind, for instance, I always have this thing, like, well, if I fail, I can just go move home. Right. Yeah, you know, still right. at 30 years old. It's like, I can go home. And, like, my mom can't do that. My mom's parents are dead. Yeah. She, like, lives life without them. Her siblings are still alive. You know, they're great people. But I don't know. So I guess I just think about death affecting the people that are very, very close to me. I've lost some friends, but none of my close friends. In other words, I don't know if I have a realistic view of death because it's not hit very close to me yet. Like, very close. Mm-hmm. Like, it's gotten near me and some near misses with some people that have on the periphery of my life that I've, I've lost and I've been sad about. But, man, like, one of my friends, good friends, or one of my, fa- like, close family members, like my aunts or my uncles or my cousins, like, mm-hmm. I, it's just not happened yet. Yeah. And I hate verbalizing. I hate it. Yeah, because yeah, yeah. It, it's, it's, like, such an eerie kind of thing. You it's just know like, it's inevitable. It's inevitable. inevitable like someone, it could be me. It. Maybe I'm the first one that goes. You know what I mean? But it's... It's, gonna, it's terrible to think like about. What, what did he die of? And the doctor's just going to pull up a giant jar of empty mayonnaise and be like, I think we all knew this was the case. I think we all knew this is how he's going to go. Be like, ER doctor, how did you get this empty <laughs> bottle like, of oh, mayonnaise? I like it too. Cheryl <laughs> <laughs> gets mad at me because she always bothers me about my diet, but I work out you know, a lot. And, oh, and when, I, when I got my endoscopy in November, I think I told you this, the nurse, dead serious, was like, are you an athlete? And I'm like, I was, but I'm not anymore. And she's like, you have the blood, like, blood pressure of like, a really like hardcore athlete, like your blood pressure is like perfect. Mm. And I'm like, how is that possible? You know? And, and she was like, I don't know. Your heart's like, working just... really hard. Yeah. <laughs> like, so it's I always tell Cheryl that she... you're sweating mayonnaise. <laughs> I, so I tell Cheryl that, when, and she's like, oh, and she's like, you've lost like eight pounds in the last year, or whatever. And I'm like, oh. And then I saw so when Cheryl's like, you're eating bad. I'm worried about you. I'm like, I have no, the, the I have the heart, I have the heart pressure of an athlete. Yeah. 
Your cholesterol <laughs> is through the roof. Mm-hmm. Oh, no doubt. But your blood it. pressure is amazing. Good and bad. Uh, so, I, I mean, so me dying personally, I think about this is one of the things I think about too is that in the moment, I'm like, I could have probably died there. Mm-hmm. And it's, 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 one, I just had one a few weeks ago where I just crossed the street without looking. Mm-hmm. And a car was like, and I, I wasn't in trouble at all, but there was cars coming both ways. And I'm like, I just crossed the street like that five seconds later, I've been fucking dead. Mm-hmm. And sometimes, and then I like get stuck in my head, and I'm like, "That's fucked up." Like, why didn't yeah. I look? Yeah, you know, like what was I? What was I thinking? Even that I wasn't looking. So I get caught in those things, but more, more or less, I get caught in, the, in you know, what, what what would I do if if someone really, really close to me died? And it's, I, I again, I hate verbalizing it because I, you know, but yeah. it's just it's just one of those things where I, I feel good almost verbalizing because I've never really said it before. Where it's like that's the kind of stuff that scares me. Is like when, when, like how, how does that? How, what is that like? I saw the way my mom was when her parents died, and it wasn't fucking pretty. Mm-mm. You know what I mean? So, you know, I, I especially when her dad died, like I was, it was really not a pretty scene, and I don't blame her. And I feel like I'd be fucking ten times worse than that. So, um, like beyond inconsolable if that kind of stuff happened to me. You know, so those it, are the things I think about more than my own death. So no, I'm not afraid of dying necessarily, but I am afraid of death and how it's going to affect me and the people around me like tim was saying and the idea of see death is one of those things that's permanent and you can't do anything about it mm-hmm. it's going to come and you're going to die and it might be bad it might be bloody you might be killed you might have cancer you might die in your sleep there's like oh but you're going to die and mm-hmm. it's like one of those things that is is scary and every day you live on this earth that you're closer to that day and that's kind of a fucked up reality of our yeah. lives and yeah, so that's totally. why i think we don't verbalize it but it's 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 in our minds in different ways the it's built into our DNA to accept, acknowledge, and appreciate and fear death, you know, because it is one of those things where you break your arm, like we were talking about before, where you, your arm heals. You're dead and you're fucking dead. Yeah. And and you're gone forever. And so I, I don't know. I think about it in a philosophical way. I think about it in a personal way. But I, I definitely most think about it in a way that that scares me most. And that's uh, that's what the people that I really love. Because you, I have people – I, I have lots of friends and, and – acquaintances and people I really care about, but there might be 20 people in this world that I really love, you know, like love and would do anything for. And Portillo. Portillo. Well, I feel that way about the four people, you know, the, mm-hmm. the, the, the people in this company. I feel that way about my siblings and my parents. I feel that way about my good friends from home, my good friends from college. And that's basically it. Yeah. yeah. Like, like it's not to say I don't like or, you know, but it's just like, there's just a core group of people that, you know, mean a lot to me, and um, you know, even though I've had friends die, had friend die in high school and stuff like that, it was very sad. Or what, you know, now as an adult, you know, Mike, Mike Pope or Ramon or one of these guys that I grew up with, like, you know, that would be a terrible thing. You know, it'd be fucking awful. So yeah. those are the kinds of things I think about, and that's what I was curious about. I was I was mulling it over actually not too long ago, and so I actually wrote it down in my phone so I can remember. I had a, uh, I mean, when my grandmother died, and I, I'm with you as well, where I've been fortunate enough to still have all my close family and friends still with me. When my grandmother died, that was a fascinating experience. Um, she was very old. She, I think she died well into her 80s, which is great. And she had a, obviously a huge family, five kids, uh, three, four grandkids, um, and a, a number of siblings that she had had on her side, too, because she comes from one of those old school Jersey Italian families where it was like, just don't stop having kids. You're like a, just a kid factory. And, like, eventually to the point where, like, the ninth kid's like, who are my parents? Who the hell are you people? I don't know what's going on. But one of the cool things that I saw, that that I got to witness was when you see a family that was pretty tightly knit at the end of one of their lives. And, and, and I looked around the room and I was like, wow. Like, my grandmother had a lot of people around her that loved her. And, like, mm-hmm. I saw her, her brother uh, crying. And I was like, I have a brother. And if I'm lucky, maybe one day when I'm 
80 or 85, like I'll, I'll get to live a life to this point where someone still will remember me and, and cry at my funeral, but then also celebrate my life. Um, now we all know my brother, he is crazy. Um, and, but, but, and I'm pretty sure he's going to outlive me somehow. He'll figure out a way. Uh, I hope he does at least. Cause that's my other fear too, is when I think about, uh, the people in my life, especially when you get married and you're like, I want to be with this person forever. And this person you've chosen to be with, um, the thought of dying before my wife is just not possible. It's not going to happen. I'll take myself out of the equation well before that happens. And I always kid around with her too, where I'm like, because uh, I'm Italian. And so I'm like, you know, by generally, I, I, statistically speaking, I think in most Italian families, the guy goes well before the, the woman. I mean, it's just the way. I think it's because the, the women feed the guy to death. I'm not quite sure if that's what it works, but like, <laughs> I think it's probably something. All of to do my with grandfathers, it. all of, yeah, they've all gone well before their wives. Um, and a lot of my great uncles. So I, I tell my wife, I'm like, you know, statistically speaking, like in my family, I'm probably going to go well before you. And she's just like, don't even talk about that. And I'm like, no, I hope I do. Because literally the thought of living without my wife is is paralyzing to me. I can't do it. I can't. I could, wouldn't even know what to do. It's, it's too much. I'm yeah, probably I, go on a downward spiral of drugs. Yeah, well, that's – well, you do enjoy Coke, according yeah. to your shirt. Um, right, Kev? Coke and one, of the, one of the things I'll say, and, and I, I don't necessarily want to leave it like this, but it's just a, just a word of advice because I, I try to – live my life like this in the face of these realistic kind of things that happen is that you should never leave anything unsaid mm. with the people that you love. And if I ever get into a fight with my dad or my mom, and I haven't done that in a long time, but, or if I get in a fight with a uh, quarrel with a, a friend or, you know, Cheryl or whatever, I always, before we go to bed or whatever, or on the phone or whatever, like I've called my mom back when I've gotten an argument with her, but I, you know, listen, I'm sorry. You know, like, mm. I don't want to, you don't want to leave things like that because you never fucking know, you know, and that would be even worse for you if you had a fight with, you know, your mom and then your mom, you never resolved it and your mom passes away and that's it. No resolving that after that. You know, that's just a real dark and morbid and realistic thing that happens to people. And I have See, to think I about like that. that would just be like my normal life with my mom. We never resolve anything. Oh, we just well. pretend like it doesn't exist. Oh, no. I, I, I've, I've, I've said everything I've needed to say really to my parents that I no. respect and honor them and like love them and appreciate them and stuff like that. And even if we've gotten into little quarrels or things in the past, we haven't fought since I was really an adult. But I was even cognizant as a kid and a teenager. Like, I don't want to leave things like this just in mm-hmm. case. Um, and I feel that way. Like, I, I've talked about it in the past, and it's funny when you think about it, but it's really not. Like, that Mike and the Mechanic song in the living years is like one of the most depressing songs ever. Because it's about how, and everyone knows that song, but he's like Which singing about, uh, say it loud, um, say it clear. Say it clear. And his, he's singing about how like his, he had like a huge fight with his dad and he had, they had all this strife and he never resolved it. His dad died and he cannot say anything to him anymore. It's over. And he has like all these things he can say to him and it's too late. And that's like a real fucked up but real thing that happens to people. And so I try to at least put myself in a position where God forbid one of these things happens. I'd, I'd like to go before any of these people go. But... um so I don't have to deal. It's almost a selfish thing because I don't even want to deal with it. Um, that at least you know I don't have those kinds of regrets. So that's I would leave that with people. If you have something unsaid, you just had a fight with your girlfriend or your mom or your dad or something, maybe give them a call. Let them know it's okay. Mm. You know, mm. so they'll feel better. You feel better, and you never know like when when something happens. So yeah, that's that's how I feel about that. Very up, uplifting first topic. Good on the topic. This is why right. I really. This is why I put you in the front of the rotation. Thank never. <laughs> I like, I like, I like my topics. That was a good topic. No, your topic's Thank good. You. It was a good topic. topic. Was good. I also want to just say real quick. I, I said that I might have a, a group of twenty people in my life that like I really am ride or die for. I think it's probably bigger than that. And thinking about it, maybe thirty people. You, I got to throw my nieces and nephews in there. We ride or die for them. Yeah, yeah. They don't fucking know what's up. 
They, they play don't touch give games. A shit about you. They do play touch games. They do give a shit about me. They're all, all about me. All we did me, is we, made, we we what we helped one of them get socks made. Yeah, Ooh. that was that was. Did awesome. those ever finish? Did those ever happen? I don't know what ever happened. Where the fuck is my That was my sock. That was Dagan's. I want my sock. Yeah, I got I got to expand it to that. So probably about thirty people were. You know, I'd be sad if hundreds of people died. But I'd be destroyed sure, 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 if sure, this sure. one of person in this group of thirty or so. Yeah, mm-hmm. if it leveled you. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah oh yeah, my yeah. god, I'd feel bad for you guys if that happened to me too because it wouldn't, it wouldn't be pretty. No, oh, yeah, no, we have to put up with it. Yeah. And we can't get mad at you about it. We're like, oh, I'd probably disappear for a while. Yeah, and your hole back there. We still I'd, see, I'd still see you. <laughs> so he coming out here. The island, like it's the island from Lost. There's only one island. Like, like we got to go back. Kate, we got to go back. That's it's cold. That's what to Long Island. We'll just book a flight. It's easy. Tim. But see, in Lost, they couldn't get back. No, yes, I understand. They didn't know that. where the island was. I understand. I'm just saying. Turns that out, it's because the fucking island was purgatory. I get that, Nick. And you can't just it take the, a United flight. It was able to, to move. Purga- oh, sorry. If someone's Spoilers. watching Lost right now, don't just stop watching it. That's what I'm saying. You're wasting your time. You're wasting. Go to reruns of Seinfeld. Yeah, which, be, by the way, are still worth like seven hundred thousand dollars a piece. It's crazy. They're great. Yeah. I'm sure. I'm sure they are. Tim, yes. What's your topic? My topic today is documentaries. Specifically, if you could have a documentary made, so you wouldn't be the one making it. Mm-hmm. It just it would be made about anything. What would it be? Mm. The reason I bring this up is I have never seen an amazing Star Wars documentary, and I feel like there should be really. One. Yeah, there's one. Is there? Yeah, there's a couple of them. What's it called? I can't remember, but I saw it on uh, Discovery History Channel. Yeah, I know the one. Did a really good one. Yeah, really good one. I remember seeing. I remember seeing one before. I mean, it's old, so it would be dope to redo it because now we've got all the new ones and all that stuff too to 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 go through. Was not not the ones from the '90s, but like now would be awesome. Like I'm sure they're cataloging J.J. Abrams right now. Yeah, yeah. Because there was some like there was a '90 a special on TV. That was kind of like a pseudo that might be the one documentary, and I saw that it was fine. But like I, I don't know. I feel like Star Wars. There's the potential for like a super awesome, super in depth, like really cool look at mm-hmm. the making of those movies. And I, from at least from what I've seen, it doesn't exist. And I would love to see that. There's there the one on TV was the one that I saw was really cool, and I think it's the one Colin saw as well. It's so it, was it around Phantom Menace when it came out? Yeah, yeah it might have been. I saw it, I saw it I maybe five, six years ago on, like on, on TV. Yeah, I think it was A&E, actually. And it was the one where he was talking about how like George Lucas would walk into the uh, the model makers and look at the, the the Death Star and be like, I don't know, I think it just needs more. So they had to like go run to a model shop, and just but they bought like a ton of models and just glued them to the top of it so you can see like odd pieces of other models in the Star Destroyers. Stuff like that. They also went. They he told a cool story when they were in. They were filming the the scene in Hoth where Luke was um, like messed up and like about to die, and then you know Han famously comes and rescues him with a tauntaun, and then they cut open and like Jesus Christ, what's in that tauntaun? What did it have for breakfast? Um, but they said they were like it was so cold they they couldn't go out to the locations. They're like, but then the director, I think it was uh, Lawrence Kasdan, like looked out and was like, oh, why don't we just shoot out there? And it was like this nice comfy hotel. So they put the camera. Inside the like the 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 lodge of the hotel, shooting outward, and they were like, "Okay, go." And he just like was going, like in the middle of a snowstorm, because you couldn't really see anything else anyway. It was like blackout or whiteout conditions, so just stuff like that, where it's like, 
I, I don't care if I've heard it before. I want to hear more of it. Yeah, yeah absolutely. And I think you that's know? kind of my thing. Is like I want a documentary full of those little things, like yeah. those little moments and all that. And whether or not it's Star Wars, like, I think that's just kind of my jumping off point. Right. There was that, and then um, I saw like a twenty minute Lego documentary, mm. and it's like it was. Oh, that's on Netflix. It might be. It There's was not satisfying. Really? It was like it was just like that's the one on Netflix. Yeah, I've seen this. Yeah, one. it was. It was really just kind of like surface level, and it didn't really kind of get into the. I I want just more the evolution of Lego and the actual sets and like all just that stuff and it didn't really get there it just kind of like gave the history of yeah like the people that are invented lego but it's like whatever i feel like a lot of people are making some crackpot documentaries these days because of netflix oh because sure you can get something like netflix and hulu and amazon are so desperate for content that i'm pretty sure you can carve out they'll give you like a hundred grand you go just make a documentary that and some of these are bad you can tell they've shot they shot the whole thing in like a day and a half for like an hour and 10 minute documentary and you're like you weren't really going too in depth and that's kind of how the lego one felt like the lego one felt like what i remember we did a lot of at ign which was like hey let's go to a developer studio and we we're spending like a day with them to like do this thing and those are great but like that feels like a long piece of content we made 15 minute internet videos you know what i mean if that yeah, exactly. Sometimes it would be five minutes or three minutes, depending on what the story would take us. Yeah, and so seeing this, like, I would, I feel like Lego is such a fascinating thing, and it's such a like perfect toy, and I think that mm-hmm. it's it's one of those the rare things that, no matter what your age is, it is awesome and it's creative and it's fun and it's it's a toy that like just crosses all generations, and I feel like that would be interesting. So I'd love to see a really good one on that, on Lego. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's. I've seen some really cool documentaries lately. Um, I, I just watched one, and you guys are going to laugh when I tell you the title of it. But it wasn't as – I don't think it was as educational and in-depth as it should have been. There's a great documentary – well, not great. Great's a strong word uh, – called Hot Girls Wanted right now on Netflix. Oh, yeah, I saw this oh, yeah. one. Now, it's – Rashida Jones produced it. This is legitimately like, you know, made up a lot. Have you guys watched it yet? Yeah, I watched it. I just see the ad every time I it turn on Netflix. It was fine. Again, it's one of those things where it was like when my wife started. I watched it with my wife. I was like, we should watch this because you know, I find I f- obviously find the. In a the, nutshell, it's following a bunch of amateur porn stars right. and like the companies that but, get these people and how what they do with them. But it's not even. But that that was my criticism with it, right? Which was that, you know, my wife had read on Jezebel uh, all these like all these news stories about how like controversial it was and provocative and like how it sheds light on this horrible uh, institution that is porn. And I'm not coming to to the the porn industry's defense because I think there is, you know, obviously, it it's not a very easy living uh, to do what those girls and guys do. But I was surprised, um, largely watching it with my wife with her reaction, where she was like, "See, this is terrible," and I'm like. I don't think this really goes, and pardon, and no pun intended on this, in depth enough into the into the world of of porn and how this features because they, all they do is follow these three girls around and then they, they they show them sitting on a couch for like five minutes at a time talking and then it goes yeah, yeah. to text over screen. Ninety percent of porn searched has the word teen in it. I'm like. I could have made these statistics up based on my own experiences just searching porn for like <laughs> half a day. But that's what I thought was funny was I was like, who the fuck is this documentary for? Mm-hmm. Is it for those the 50-year-olds out there that didn't grow up with this? Because surely people that are 30 and below would would like watch this and be like, no shit, duh. Like, yeah. yeah, it's fucking terrible. They take advantage of these girls and they – like a lot of these girls get into it thinking it's going to be a career and realize very, very early on that it's a terrible choice, but they can't go back and then they don't get work. And then, um, uh, sorry, my phone just rang and it just totally threw me off. So I was fascinated by that. It would be fascinating to, I also watched another one called, uh, 
uh, it's on Netflix as well. It's about kink.com. Oh, which I saw I that thought, one too. Which I thought, again, I was like, I just... That 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 was, was probably that was a like lot a day more. In the life of kink. Yeah, that was a little bit different because it wasn't so much of like a study on kink and sure, no, not at all. It was like it was who more this company like, is and how they do this crazy shit. Thing. And actually, I thought that one was a lot more um, a lot more positively spun than the girl hot girls wanted, largely because I think the people that work at kink.com like really really enjoy what they do. I think they it's a thriving company, a thriving culture, obviously up here over the, uh, at the the old armory. Um, and I don't think that they were, I think they were kind of coming to the defense of it saying like, Hey, look, we're all sane, sane people. people. Yeah, yeah. We like to do this. We're not coercing. Like, coercing yeah, porn's not a stuff. bad thing. Well, like, I think the, the industry people see it a, as it, you know? Yeah. But I mean, I think that's an issue like overall, like it's not a bad thing. I think that the industry has a lot of bad things about it. Yeah. And I mean, that's like Hollywood. That's like anything. Well, I think, I think what a lot of people took offense to with this one specifically was they were talking, like some of the statistics are pretty shocking where the girls, you know the average life of a brand, or not life, but uh, career of a of a porn star, uh, or at least a brand new person. These amateurs, in the these like amateur porn stars, mm. yeah. Because they come out, they come on the scene, they do like five, six shoots a week, they do crazy amounts of uh, of, uh, of filming, and then after a month, the producers in this specific area are like, okay, we want a fresh face, yeah, because you, you've already been saturated, and so you only have really a month. And then I think the shocking aspect of that, of course, is then, you know, one of the girls was. Uh, and the thing was like, I just hope my parents don't find out about this. And her agent, her quote unquote agent, the guy that, like found her that put the ad on Craigslist, was like, "They're gonna know in three weeks that you did porn." And she goes, "Well, no, 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 they're never gonna find it." He goes, "We're gonna film a bunch of stuff in two weeks, and by the third week, it'll all come out, and then someone in your town's gonna see it and call them." And that's how it goes. And she's like, "No, and sure as shit, that's how it always goes. Yeah. That's how it went with her, because someone like told her mom, or you know, or they figured it out. They always figure it out, because uh, guess what? It's the World Wide Web, and everyone watches the porn. World Wide Web. Yeah." That's the thing is everyone watches porn. Everyone watches now, porn. Now, I, I, I'm interested in learning about this more because I'm more, more with Tim like where there's certainly an unsavory, maybe even a significant unsavory aspect to porn in the porn mm. industry. But surely some companies must be doing it right, right? Like some of these big companies must be totally Vivid. on the up and up, right? And to, yeah, Vivid is one of these companies where it's like they hire you know this, professionals, this, they yeah. deal professionally, they they test and all these guys. Well, I'm curious about how that works. This, this was this works. was very specifically the amateur porn industry right. in Miami, Florida. And yeah, like oh, this guy bros. who's exactly the guy they who's like running it out of his apartment where yeah. he hits girls up on Craigslist, flies them in, they stay with him for a month right. before they he like kicks rent. them out. Like he's it's the people that's in here. Yeah, it wasn't like looking at the big porn companies. How much do they make on these amateur porn models? I think they made like, and that was the that was the weird thing was I think she was talking about how they would make five hundred a shoot, and then to wow, do to do the other things involved, uh, the various different brackets, you went up and pay. Yeah. So there's you can imagine based on all the porn you've seen, like if they, if you want to do all the way up to the the crazy stuff, you get more and more money for that. But the shocking thing and the sad thing really was that these girls do this; they make decent money. One of the girls was saying she made in the span of like two months or something like that or three months twenty four thousand dollars, and then because they had to pay for all their own tests and all their own health care and all that stuff and like every and all their travel everywhere, she said she basically broke even. Um, but I think the thing that people take offense to or have an issue with is that um, these girls go into this not necessarily knowing what they're getting themselves into, and then are sort of quickly used and then that's it, kind yeah. of discarded, and yeah. they don't really, they're not. They're not empowered to do this stuff, mm. right? They're coming in as sort of young, obviously the younger the better, um, hopefully 18 or above. But some, some instances like they've famously – Jenna Jameson, of course, like started doing porn when she was I think 16 and a half or 17 because she lied. Um, they come in and they really don't have the perspective that they probably should have. And of course 
the producers don't give a shit because yeah. they're like, hot girl, great. She's willing to do it for 500 bucks. Let's see what else we can get her to do for increments of 100 bucks and see if we can go all the way up to like really, really, really horribly degrading things. Um, and they do it. And then at the end of it, they're not, I think they're seeing sort of a long game and like to maybe potentially be a Sasha Gray or uh, a Jenna Jameson girl or, you know, girls that have sort of gone out of the industry and become more mainstream celebrities. But that's not, it's never the case for them, unfortunately. Um, that's interesting stuff. It's pretty. It was. Pretty I, mean, I, think it, I think it's different though nowadays. With I mean, again, like with YouTube and with how like everything now is on the internet, and right. like, porn is so much more of just a common thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like I think that the days of I mean, of course, bad things are always going to exist. Sure. But I think the days of the the amateur sites that are um, treating people poorly and all that stuff, like those are. That's not legitimate. That's not part of the industry. No, that's like the that, shady yeah. black market of it. Like, yeah, you do get, I mean, you it, get a lot of the the, the 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 crazy stuff is when you start watching the, the shit that comes over from like Europe or like the Eastern Bloc. Yeah, that, where you like these girls are legitimately sex market. slaves that are that are forced into this stuff. And well, that's, that's obviously bad. not okay. Yeah. yeah, but I'm when like talking about like the actual porn industry as it is today. Like, I, I'm not an expert at all about You're the this pure stuff. one. God damn it. Yeah, but I mean. Um, I mean, I'm not saying that. I'm very familiar with porn. I'm very, like, intimately familiar with a lot of the different things. But it's like, I don't know the business behind all sure, of it. Sure, like, sure, I don't sure, know sure. too much of that. But it's like, following porn stars on Twitter isn't crazy now. Right, You know right. what I mean? You have to be like, ashamed of that. These, these porn stars aren't just, like, these imaginary things. Like, right. They're, they're people. Right. Just like we're people. Just like anyone watching this is people. People. You know? Unless you're one of the sentient computers from the games cast. Exactly. But it's like, you know, we now get to see these people in their their lives and kind of see their updates and it's like like I follow a, a couple porn stars and I, the biggest reason I follow it in addition to them being very attractive to me mm-hmm. is the fact that like I like seeing that their their lives. I like seeing what they're doing. It's like when they get gigs and they're excited about, "Oh, I just signed this deal whatever." And they're excited about that. Like that's cool to me where it's like you're growing this like you're turning this yeah. into a thing and they're using it to like build their just it's the exact same yeah, thing we're doing and see that's that's what i think I, I i wanted to see more of in in this documentary right which is like a, a documentary in its truest form is really supposed to just document something sure right without having a biased perspective that you put on it. now of course famously i don't think we've had one of those doc- I, don't, I don't think i've ever seen a documentary that didn't have a certain perspective it's literally of the director in it right famously uh, michael moore was the one that was like i'm making this documentary about this and you're like oh christ. jesus christ dude you're not this is not a documentary this is basically propaganda leftist propaganda um whether you whether or not you agree with that we can get into it later but good or, filmmaker or but but great filmmaker but great, not a great infuri- documentary infuriating but to watch not that documentary stuff. not doc- not not a documentary i've seen every one of them too that he's um done. Well, here's your stuff. But with this, that's well, that's what I, I felt judge was. I've seen them. All right, I'm sorry to interrupt. I just I just felt like in order to make a documentary, and some of the the, the better documentaries that I've seen are the ones that pose the questions and sort of just put them out there, right? And both both sides of the story. And I'm not saying this one, uh, Hot Girls Wanted was necessarily bad or good at that. I just wanted more. I wanted them to come to L.A. I, I wanted them. Yeah. And I know it was budgetarily constrained. They Hot Girls only had Wanted a bit. felt very much, and this isn't a knock, so stick with me, like an MTV True Life. It did. It's like an hour and a half MTV True Life of like, we're not Which getting into everything. Right. We're following these people right now and using these statistics. Right. And, that, and you, I, there are porn documentaries like that on Netflix. Oh, though, there's that tons. Have there, there, there are plenty everything. of them. I'm just saying for this one specifically. Sure. Because because of its thought, because it made such such great waves, sure. I thought I, I watched it and I'm like, okay, well, I want to watch this and see what it's all about. Um, and it didn't go 
it didn't have enough of a wider perspective on me for it really to be impactful gotcha, to me. Gotcha, gotcha. Like, I saw these girls, yeah, okay, one of the girls they followed, she did it for a month and then quit because her boyfriend was like, please stop doing this. And her mom flew in and was like, before you tell your dad, like, I'd like you to stop doing this. And then she stopped. And I'm like, I get that that's probably the norm in amateur porn. Um, and that's very, very impactful. And that's that's meaningful. And I appreciate that this girl went through this and came out of it relatively unscathed. But at the same time, I would have wanted to then see the life of Tara Patrick or the life of like these. Sure these mega porn stars and are they really enjoying it or are they just as conflicted about their careers well, as the girls that just started there is a documentary about them right i've seen, I've it. seen it too where like yeah, they yeah. All, like the girl that ran for governor and all that all that other yep. stuff you know what i'm talking about they shot a lot of the avns too i remember like the, yep, the, the adult video uh was, yeah, which is actually there's one of the, there's a, one like the what you're looking for anecdotally i was watching uh uh catch fire which you you gotta watch yeah i'm just waiting for it to stack up a little bit more than they go they go uh to a show that I forget what it's called, but it's basically CES. And they talk about how uh, the porn industry decided to to throw a uh, an award ceremony, like a basically porn convention, during the same time because most of the porn stars were prostitutes as well. And so, like, what better clientele than rich computer guys that never get laid? I thought that was pretty funny. It's a very clever show. You should, it's yeah, no, I'm, I'm, interested, I'm interested in watching it. Two things. One... I don't know if you really don't like to read or whatever, or read a lot of books necessarily, but uh, J.W. Rinsler's Making of Star Wars, Making of Empire, yeah. Making of Jedi are fucking perfect, so you should check those out, because they're interactive, too. There's mm-hmm. a lot of audio and visual stuff. Uh, number two, the, the documentary that still needs to be made is about Greg, and I, I don't know... Oh, yeah. because How did I miss that? It just seems like the obvious choice, right? Like, uh, there's just something that... There's a story that needs to be told here, and I'm not sure... I don't know. I'm not going with any biases. I don't know where it's going to bring us. I don't know who we're going to have to talk to, where we're going to have to go. I feel I, like we're going to find this some This is going to fucking... be your film. This is what you wanted from the death topic. I so you need to make do, a film. This I, I is so your want film. to do this so bad. I think it's you one of those things it. where, like, I'm I'm actually... You know, the, the topic prior to this, if you're watching the breakout segments, was about death. I'm more terrified of that than I am of death. Just because I don't know how it's going to change me at the end of that. Oh, you won't come back and say, man. No, I'm not. There's a piece of me that's going to be missing. It's probably going to be my spleen. I want to just talk to his parents like really for a long time. I want to talk to his other family members. I want to go talk to his teachers. I want to go through all the boxes of his old things and his old That'd be awesome. So I'll just smell that dr- you behind the dad's attic and come back with all this stuff. I want to find that's the Dixie Cups. Gone. That's long gone. Um, There's I a watch, straight Dixie Cup. That house is destroyed. I want to take bets on um, how many people say the following phrase. Greg was such a quiet boy. Kept mostly to himself. No one would have ever guessed that he was a psycho killer. Yeah, I don't you know. have to I... do that thing where you're filming one of these shows off mm-hmm. the TV and doing that like slow pan where you like get closer and closer to, like my face, you know, and then it gets all pixelated. Yeah, as you say stuff yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah. That's what you need. Yeah, Damn, you're good. I, I feel like you're seeing a. I'm a documentarian. Yeah, myself. there you go. I feel like they're gonna say the exact opposite. He was always loud. Mm-hmm. No, not, and, not as a kid. Uh, I think he was, and he screamed a lot, and he had some cats. He cried a lot. He so cried, cried all a the lot. time cried a lot. for really trivial reasons. Mm. Dude, he never played sports. Legitimately a uh, <laughs> a hilarious document. It's Hell not going to be as funny as you think it would be is the it, problem. I'll, I'll make, I'll make it, it funny yeah. because I have Tim as my producer and tell him like this. Can you say it again <laughs> like this? And then so, it'll have an amazing cover. Yeah. So one of the documentaries I would want to get made is already being made. Or is already made. It's coming out. It's getting that dumb limited release shit right now, and i got to wait till July. But uh, The Death of Superman Lives. Oh, what happened? Yes. I can't wait to see it. It's documenting yeah, you know, yeah. everything that happened with the Nicolas Cage movie that never was but almost was. And he has interviews with Tim Burton and all these people and Kevin Smith, and I can't wait to actually sit down and watch That's that movie. That's going to be amazing. And he's such a cool dude. We've met the director, John, uh, a bunch of times. Right, John? Isn't that his name? 
I was like, you don't know. Uh, Comic Con, New York Comic Con. He comes to New York Comic Con. Yeah, I didn't go to New York Comic Con. But yeah. Oh, Ransky, I must be thinking of. You think, sure you think that Ransky. Uh, but either way, Death of Superman lives. Then, this is something we talk about all the time. Not a lot of amazing journalism done with video games, right? The three video game documentaries that I would want to see, and one's still happening, so it's impossible. I'd love to see the collapse of THQ. I'd love mm. fucking in-depth interviews with them, talk to them, read documents, see what happened. I'd love uh, one when it's all over about The Last Guardian. What happened in mm. PlayStation? What? Where? You know, that's gonna be a good story. If everyone, if, yeah, if you could get everyone to talk about that, and that's so that's like twenty, thirty years from now, probably, where yeah. everyone's like willing to do it. And then right now, I'd yes. love to see the Konami Kojima, of course, one of what's going on. God, that'd be fucking awesome. Can you imagine like being yeah. able to sit down one day if video games continue to get as big as they are, or keep growing? You know what I mean? And have somebody who's able to tell those stories and go out and get those stories. Yeah, oh, that's man. good stuff. I mean, that's yeah. that's what I was trying to lead up to with some of my pieces, or whatever. There are a few good gaming documentaries, but not many. I'm a huge documentary nerd, as everyone out there knows. So, I mean, that's that's almost that's 90% of what I watch. I really liked um, the. Uh, have you seen the one on uh, uh, digging up the ET cartridges? Yeah, the one that Microsoft uh, funded. Or whatever. Yeah, it's a. Uh, I so the 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 ET cartridges obviously is like the A story, right? Where they're they're going back and they're trying to find in this giant uh, landfill where all those cartridges were buried, or if, even if they're there because there was no records basically in the eighties to to go back. Uh, no one kept things written down in the eighties. Well, they had had sort of like a rough like approximation, but this guy yeah, there had were people that of, didn't believe that it actually happened. right because um, it was kind of an absurd story to begin with. But what I thought was more fascinating. Was the uh, they the sort of B element, the B story element of it is going back and looking at what Atari was in the eighties. That is fucking fascinating. There's a Atari documentary about was that. like this. This goes. Um, I think this was half of it because they were talking about like the Atari of the time, the eighties was the backdrop, and then the ET and games like mm-hmm. that were sort of the the mo- the decline of that sort of first phase of video games. In the home, and then of course, which which paved the way for the Nintendos and the yeah. Sonys and the, yeah, and the yeah, Xboxes. True. The documentary um, that I was in and that I narrated is all about Atari World One One. You guys can go watch it now. Yeah. Oh, I so I, is that on Netflix? It's on Steam right now and okay. a few other platforms, but not on Netflix yet. I think they want to get it there, but it's, it's just, not my movie. It's so. fascinating. I feel like I, I, it's it's really interesting because I I feel like in twenty or thirty years, they're. I mean, I don't want to get into that topic right now, but save it. Maybe it's because we're too close to the video game industry. But a lot of these documentaries that I, I'll watch something about like a documentary on film, like I watched a great uh, documentary called Milius, which I was actually oh done. yeah, John oh Millis. John Millis, yeah. yeah, my dude. Um, and he was that documentary was fascinating to me. Uh, but then watching the do- like maybe it's because we're too close, and but watching that one about the ET cartridges, which, damn it, I can't remember what it was called. Um, Kevin, look that up real quick for me. The ET one, yeah. It's on Naomi, and Naomi and Fran were in it, which is yeah, hilarious. Yeah. I was like, "Oh shit!" I know people that went to that dig, and I remember when that was a news story. So maybe it was too close to home for it to be like really seen as a documentary, because that's also hard for me because the line starts to get blurred. Of like, I know how they make these things, and sure. I've taken part in them, and so I'm like, ah, I don't know if they have the same impact. Maybe I can see behind the curtain a little bit here and there. One that I definitely want to say is I would love to see an actual in-depth Rooster Teeth documentary mm. of seeing mm, like that'd be really good. the history of Red versus Blue and what it turned into and like the empire right. that it is now and like thinking about that and just knowing that a lot of that footage just doesn't exist. Like I'm sure they have a bunch of stuff, but like even today I was showing Colin I saw this um, video of this little kid getting his Super Nintendo on launch day, and it was a surprise and his parents like gave it to him and he freaked the fuck out and like. There's video footage of him playing Mario World for the first time. Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh, that's cool. my God. Like, I would give anything to have video footage of those moments for me just to have now so that we can make dumb videos out of it, you know? What's it called, Kev? Atari the Game Over. Atari the Game Over. That sounds dumb. Yeah, that's, that's a, a bad that, title. That's a really bad name. Just Game Over. Yeah, I was like, I don't think it was the Game Over. Atari Game Over. That's it. That's it. Sorry. Uh, 
Yeah, and I want to give a quick shout out before we move on as well. I still think that sports is coming up so hard sports. in journalism, hard journalism, primary source journalism, and documentaries that we can learn a lot from that particular industry. And 30 for 30, 30, for 30 um, is still probably... It, it might, as someone who's watched a lot of documentaries, I don't know if people agree or disagree in terms of a series, mm. easily the best documentary oh. series ever made by far. Whoa. And they're all good. Like, they're all... I don't know how the fuck they do it. I don't know how you're going to get me to watch some of this shit. Yet here I am. I watch every, I've watched every one of them that's, that, that are available. I don't care what the fuck's about. Some so of, well done. Some of those are way better than yeah. others. Yeah, obviously. but it's because they give a different... They, each one you is done by a different, different director. Yeah, and diff, probably different budgets as well, depending on the subject. Like, the one on Bo Jackson is fucking amazing. You're just like... So sad. It, it, well, it is sad, but the guy's also... He was an amazing. Did you see the one about lasted. Michael Jordan going to the trip? No, I have it on my. I have it on my Netflix oh, that right one, now. Dude. Oh my my, God. Michael Jordan rides the bus. Is that what it's called? Yeah, yeah. That's, yeah. Nice. yeah that's good. Awesome, awesome. I mean, that series was a bad period in his life. So it was um, about the I, loss of someone. Yeah, I want to watch that. Um, that series is phenomenal, though. I don't an, know how they do it. Uh, there's another great documentary. Uh, Netflix is fascinating because these little tiny documentaries pop up when you start watching them. They start referring to. You. There's one called Shep Gordon Supermensch. About Shep, uh, Shep Gordon? Yeah. I don't know. He was a famously an agent for um, Alice Cooper. He was okay. like their manager. And he he then started managing a bunch of other people, including Mike Myers and some other people. But Mike Myers produced it because he was like, this guy is so fascinating that I have to make a documentary about it. And mm-hmm. I watched it for the first five minutes. I'm like, I'm fascinated by this human being. He reminds me a lot of, actually, Tim. Because he basically... Tim is a super mensch. Is one I'm of those. A super bitch. He's just no, one man, of those. No, okay, I'm a super bitch. Mensch is a obviously a person that doesn't. Yiddish word. It's very. It's good. Yiddish word for a person who does good things. Or, or oh, cool. Um, I forget the actual definition of it, but it's you're basically a good person. Cool. Someone who does great things. But this guy was amazing because he basically was like, uh, just took it. He just moved out to L.A. Started staying in a hotel. Met this group. Met. I think it was Jimi Hendrix who was like, "Oh, you should manage my buddy Alice." He, they don't have a manager, and he, he put him in contact with him, and he was like. I'll manage you. I had no idea what he was doing and just pulled outrageous shit to get oh, them. Oh, you would tell me about this. Yeah, I like love he this. did he did one of famously they were um they became really famous in the States, um and but they were doing a, t- a tour in Europe and they weren't selling tickets and they and like people were like, We don't know, you need to do something for promotion. So he paid a guy, he had a billboard placed on one of those tr- sign trucks, took it to a uh one of the famous uh, squares in London, I think it was Piccadilly or um, that's a circle, I think. A very famous roundabout where they're like most of the traffic in London goes through and paid the guy to break down in the middle of that. And he goes, no matter what, I don't care what anyone does. I don't give a shit if you get arrested. I'll bail you out. Don't move that truck until like until someone comes to tow it. And he goes, and sure as shit, by the next day, like it made it made the news circuit on radio. I mean, they were sold out the next day. Because, oh, I'm sorry. The best part of it duh, is because the on the image – of the truck and like you know as big as this room if not bigger was a naked Alice Cooper like laying on a bearskin rug like with something covering his dick and he was just like it was like Alice Cooper uh, is in your town or something like that like lock your daughters up or some shit like that it was fucking crazy <laughs> it was so crazy especially yeah. dude I fucking love that and it was and he just did that shit right and he was like and they would like you know and they had no money he was like we skipped out on hotels and he goes and eventually I had to go back and like when we got famous and we got money I, he's like I wrote down all of them and I went back and I paid every single one of them for yeah. the rooms he's like but what are you gonna do we, we didn't have money and we had to make the tour so we pulled, pulled a lot of Tim Getty's crazy shit I love shit. it scheming I love scheming. it it was pretty fast you should watch it it's fascinating that sounds great now I, he I really, he's like a chef now I want to get on that. Before you get on this, finishing what I was saying about the Super Nintendo thing. Yeah. There's all this footage that I wish that we had. 
of of all of us. Yeah, playing the game so, for the first time, getting those those moments that are in our head that are crystal clear. Of like, exactly. I can't believe I got Royal Rumble on Genesis. Yeah, so I would love to see a documentary based off of moments like that, like from the footage of people that do have that, because obviously there's people out there that have those things. Yeah. But this... Today, watching that, it made me think, and the reason I brought up this topic, actually, is thinking about Rooster Teeth and thinking about them not having the footage because they just didn't make it. Sure. We need to start making our documentary. And, like, by making it, I think we need to just start shooting interviews of ourselves about what we're thinking right now. And every... We should just check in. Every day I figure out how... I ask, how can I kill Kevin and get away with it? Yeah. But I, I honestly think we should start just getting footage just so that we have it. In case we ever want to make it or in case anyone ever wants to. Because I feel like that would be fucking awesome. And that's another thing is like you see these YouTube videos of people that like made messages to themselves every mm-hmm. year. And I, every year I'm always like, oh, fuck, I should start do that, doing yeah. that now. And it's just like I started thinking about it. I'm like, fuck, man. I remember when I was 16 saying I should do oh, it now. Those would be awesome to watch. Yeah. And it's just like, fuck. So I want us to do that. I think that we should okay. somehow set it up in, in between all the other things we do. But this is, all right. This just, is a random thing. I've, I've started to take a, just a, a screenshot mm-hmm. of my Twitter feed since I started oh, yeah. Twitter. That's pretty fascinating. You go back and look. So every time I hit a hundred, then a thousand, and every yeah. thousand I hit, I take a shot of it. That's cool. <laughs> just to see like what yeah, the tweet is and how, how it are, changes. Those moments are awesome. But I think we should do MTV style real world confessionals. True story. Get a bunch I, of them. I hate Tiff. He ate my peanut butter. That's what they did in real world, right? I remember that one. Yeah, you're generalizing the Pedro Puck peanut butter scuffle, but no big deal. You do whatever. Paraphrasing. You want. Make fun of big big deal on one of like the definitive real world San Francisco. No big deal. Uh, great topic, Tim. Mm-hmm. I, no, no, just hold on two okay, fucking on. seconds. Go ahead. Great topic, Tim. It was sponsored by Loot Crate. Would you classify yourself as a geek, gamer, or a pop culture nerd? Yes. Then Loot Crate is the subscription box for you. For less than twenty dollars a month, you get six to eight items of gamer and pop culture licensed gear, apparel, collectibles, unique, one of a kind items, and more. Make sure you head to lootcrate.com slash kindoffunny and enter the code kindoffunny to save $3 on any new subscription. This month, as always, what's the, what, what is it? What's the theme? Um, okay, Cyber. hold on. Don't, it's, oh, oh, you're right, you're we right. got a winner. He gets to go to the last one because he Listen. understands it. Yeah. Cyber is a Cyber Revolution. They have uh, exclusive items from Terminator Genesis, Borderlands 2, and more, including an exclusive T-shirt you won't find anywhere else. So go to lootcrate.com slash kindoffunny. Use the code kindoffunny to save $3 on your new subscription today. It's a circus of value. Oh, well, Bioshock Don't reference. sue me, Ken Levine. <laughs> now you go back. Ken Levine doesn't need your money. Can I still give you the money? Yeah. That's Jesus a wall. Christ. Don't take down the well, wall. That was yeah. a ke- you were getting yes. up like Kevin. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Kevin's like one of those kids punching bags. You know what I mean? Yeah, I understand. I know exactly what you mean. All right, my topic. I want to know the worst pain you've ever felt. Mm. Now, I will start with the origin of this before I go into my worst pain ever felt. Because this all happened last night. Uh-oh. I was making these steaks on the grill pan, right? You saw them. Cooking them up nice. Yeah. Take them off. And then I put some pasta sauce in there. Got that. Put some garlic in there. The garlic was already in there. I'm, 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 I'm using the Rachel Ray Everyday Magazine because it's fucking the best magazine on earth. Naturally. I subscribe. Eventually, I put the steaks back in the pan. I put, so- I put spoon the sauce on top of them. Then mm-hmm. I put mozzarella cheese on top of that. Then I put it in. They take the entire thing and put it in the oven. Broil it. Mm. Get the cheese nice and brown. Why, what are you doing here? Are you, is this going to be some sort of burn story? Yep. Take it out, put it on the stove, and then go to serve Andrew Goldfarb, Christine, my lovers. Uh, and I grab the pen, put it there, grab it, and then like an idiot, grab the metal mm, handle of hurt. the thing. And it was like, you know, like I grabbed oh, yeah. it, it hurt, let go, and then did the like, sh- I didn't yell, I just sh- shook, and like that was enough for Christine to be like, 
you fucked up? I'm like, I fucked up. And like, it was just throbbing red. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I went and put it under. Right now. No, I put it under. Well, I put it under cold water right now. I put it under cold tap, as they say in mm-hmm. Shaun of mm-hmm. And then went while I ate, went and got an ice pack and held my hand to that all day. But it still feels like this finger here feels like uh, in Men in Black when he erases his fingerprints. Yeah. And then right here, yeah, this is all hurting too. It's not terrible. It's not bad. They're burns not like, are really They're bad. not like degree yeah. burns. But it's totally one of those burns things stuff. that I've never done. You know what I mean? I've never, I, I mean, I'm sure I've touched a hot, yeah. Like, I've never burned myself badly. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And like, this wasn't badly, but it was like, fuck, that was close. And I'm lucky that I put it, you know, I put it down and done other stuff and then come back to it. I could have really fucked my hand up again. Mm-hmm. Just one of the stupid things if I'm not, you know, used to take, I'm, it's on the stovetop. You can move by the handle. I burned well, the ever loving shit out of myself, dude. It hurts. <laughs> yeah. Like, didn't you, you burned your face with an iron once, didn't yeah. you? Yeah. Why are you ironing your face? I was, was, uh, if, let, I me, was, let me see if I remember uh, this correctly. Okay, just because this is a college story. Yeah. If I'm, okay, correct so far. It's like a prediction. Let's see how many points I can get. You were ironing a shirt to go out mm-hmm. while watching the Islanders. Yep. And they scored a goal. And you went, yes! And you burned yourself oh, with yeah. the iron. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, bur- I had a triangular burn, like, right here. Like, a pretty bad burn. Um, I didn't went away. Um, but I worked at a deli. I used to burn myself all the time too. And I saw one of the guys that worked there slice off like oh. a ton of his finger. Jesus like his God. Oh man! Like where like you? That's just gone. Like his fingers oh, just God no. Yeah. Did, so, uh, well, how did he react? Oh, he's freaking the fuck out. Okay, okay. Well, like I asked because we weren't we, even allowed to use the. Th- we like they didn't want anyone to use the fucking slicers because that shit's oh. no joke. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. But, I, bet, uh, I, bet, I, mean, I think I, think, I was thinking anyway. about it. Pain's always this weird thing of how people react differently to it, and I'll never ever forget this when I thought when I not thought literally, but like my dad proved himself to be a Terminator, where he had my <laughs> bike on his tool bench because my dad's like fucking Mister fucking tool guy, outdoors guy, all this stuff, and was knocking we had a mallet and a screwdriver and was knocking the wheel back on or whatever the hell was happening and it popped off and the screwdriver i well, shit you not went up his arm like voomp and oh, disappeared up his arm bitch, why is this topic happening? and he just goes ah and he pulls it out ah. and then like put thing and then went back to fixing the bike and i was like are you fucking crazy you know what i mean like i'm fucking the guy crying because my shoes are dirty and my dad's driving oh my God. have you cried because your shoes are dirty that was that's an aunt del story from when i got i had new save t- it i don't want i don't tell her right save now for the, <laughs> save it for your documentary so we need to Holy have these funny shit. stories for later so then my story and like i've pain is such a weird thing too like just how it i think it's just because i remember this thing so well mm-hmm. and i because and it wasn't it hurt, yeah, it hurt in the, it was, it, it, okay, so, and I'm sure I might have told you this story. I don't think I've ever told in the podcast, but I'm sure we've picked up new followers since then, anyway. Back in college, we moved in, and this is not, this isn't the same year where I moved in and we did the whole drinking thing and the cops and all that stuff. We moved in, uh, and one of the guys upstairs was moving out, and it's like, college hasn't started yet, but people are moving in and out of the house, and that's happening up and down the block. So there are just everyone's possessions and shitty Ikea furnitures and whatever are out on the street, right? So the guy upstairs had thrown away his suitcase downstairs, and he'd also thrown away a table and a, a, a carpet, right? Like a rug. And so we had a party that night, as we often did, and one of our friends came over and parked in front of our house. So me and my r- r- friend roommate Parker went outside, and we were drinking being stupid, and we we're like, here's a great idea. Let's take, and we're drunk. Here's a great idea. Let's take all the furniture and stuff piled up here, put it on f- top of our friend's car, and set it up like the living room. So we put the, the carpet on top of the dude's car, then we put the table on top of that, the carpet, and then we put like beer bottles and magazines on top of that. And so the friend came on, he's like, oh, what the fuck? And he threw the uh, everything off, just threw everything off. Flipped the table though, and the bottles and everything else tumbled. They broke on the ground. That's the important thing to remember for later in the story. We go back in, we're partying inside. 
come back out, Parker and I, and we're like, oh, there's still a lot of junk out here. Let's take the upstairs roommate guy's suitcase, put his lamp in the suitcase, then go give him the suitcase with his lamp in it. This will be funny. And I was like, you know what would be really funny, though, is if we break the lamp inside the suitcase so that when you go upstairs, you hear the jingle jangle of all this broken lamp inside this bag. It'll be, it'll be hilarious. And Parker's like, you're right. That's a great idea. Oh so I, t- I, we put the lamp in, and it's one of those bulbous, like, glass, you know, like, base lamps, mm-hmm. right? Bulbous thing, put it into the canvas bag, I zip it shut, and then put it in the middle of the front lawn. And it's Missouri hot, so I'm out there sweating through this Mizzou shirt, and I have these shorts on, which is never a good sign for me to be in shorts. <laughs> but back then, who gave a shit? I'm in jean shorts. I'm a fucking man. And uh, now I could have just taken it and smashed it on the concrete, right, inside of the case, broken the lamp base. Because, first off, lamps are probably not even going to break. But whatever. I'm thinking, brilliant idea. What I'm going to do is lay it in the grass, then jump up, come down, and smash it with my feet. Just What's come up, come up and just fucking double, you know, kick no. this motherfucker. No. Uh, like a drop kick, but instead of, you know, horizontal, parallel to the ground, I'm coming straight down perpendicular so wait, on the ground. Stop right there. Yeah. So you're like straight. Captain Falcon. You could there. have just put the glass in a self-contained case that's about a quarter inch of nylon that would have made it very, very hard for the glass to fall through. And then literally the thing has built-in handles. You could have just taken the handle and smashed it right. on it's the in, ground. Now, for the record, it's, it's in the suitcase. I don't want to cut myself. Sure. Okay. Okay. Just so yeah, could have easily done that. Could could have easily done that. Right. Uh, so I jump up with all my fucking fat man power, come down, land on it, and the thing rolls inside of it rather than break. It spins inside mm-hmm. of it like a hamster ball, and my legs shoot out from underneath me, and I fall. I come back down, and and as I'm in the air, I grab my right knee, and I'm like, I have hyperextended my knee. Like right. I have felt my knee bend the wrong way. I am in so much fucking pain in air still. This all happens in a nanosecond in the air. That I land on the ground and I am rolling around on my grass, screaming bloody murder of how bad I have hurt my right knee. And I'm like, oh, God, Parker, I have some in my right knee. He's like, all right, he's he's pre-med at the time. He's like, all right, calm down. You hyperextend your knee. We'll get it fixed. Don't worry. I'm rolling around. He's like, oh, God. Oh, God. And I'm rubbing and I rub the left one and I come back and I am covered in blood. And like the worst, for the record, the worst pain was the hyperextended right knee. Mm-hmm. My left knee is gushing blood. Because from when our friend flipped the shit off his car, broke the beer bottle, and that sprinted off into the yeah. grass that I am now rolling around in like an asshole. Mm-hmm. I have rolled over and cut open my knee, and I just have blood. It's all over me. Like, what the hell's going on? So we st- walk back in the house, and I'm, I, it's dark outside. There's no lights. I come back in the house. And we open the door, and I'll never forget it. Kyle Hayes, one of my best friends in the whole wide world, is sitting there playing GameCube. I think he's playing Beautiful Joe. Cool. His girlfriend, the only sober person at this party, is behind him, like, you know, reading a book or whatever, a magazine, I think maybe hugging on him or whatever. And she looks at me and goes, oh, my God, Miller, you have to go to the emergency room. And I'm just gushing blood down my knee. Hayes doesn't look away from the TV and just goes, soldiers fight in wars, Miller. And I'm like, that's good advice. So I went to my room, got a T-shirt. Wrapped it around my leg and kept drinking the rest of the night and walking around our East Campus housing unit. God damn it, Greg. I woke up the next day, that t-shirt glued to the wound, mm-hmm. blood all over my bed. Oh, and my, it, my God. Fr- and then I was like, I, and I took it off. And, uh, uh, the, the, I still have a scar from it. The actual wound itself looked like I was bitten by a baby. I had the upper, I had the upper part and the bottom part. Like I got bit really hard on the knee by a baby, and like I was, I was like, I guess I should go to the hospital. But we we're gonna do antler parade today, which is the antlers driving around in a in a truck, 
in the back of the truck yelling at people and <laughs> throwing them stuff and telling them to join the antlers. So they took me to the student health center and like I went in there. And, Stupid health center. And they were like, uh, so what's, what's wrong? I'm like, oh, I cut my knee. She's like, oh, let me see it. And the lady's like, the lady flipped out. She's like, you should have been here about 12 hours ago. There's nothing we can do for you now. We'll wash it out with saline, but you're fucked up. God damn. And so the worst knee pain was the hyperextended yeah. right knee. Not the left the knee didn't feel knee. great either. But Oh, my God. I feel like I have a bunch of smaller stories. They're all just like specific moments of just horrendous, horrendous pain. When I was young, I was maybe second grade. Um, I was at the monkey bars at um, um, school. I was hitting, hitting the bars. And um, I did the thing where you like hang upside down on your, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. your legs. And in my head, I was uh, so I'm hanging upside down. I'm like. I'm going to release my legs and do a backflip oh, sure. and land on my feet because that's fucking cool. Yeah, it's And I awesome. could definitely do that. I'm nimble. I'm Tim Geddes. Mm-hmm. I can do this. That's not how that shit went down. Mm-hmm. I released and went straight down onto my head. Yeah. And it's like, I could have died. Yeah. Like, I could have fucking died then. I could have been paralyzed. Yeah. I wasn't. I just remember it hurt like fuck. I guess like, that, that was really bad. You've jogged another very painful memory story. And this is like, I think, I think this is probably the most legit and this is like an adult injury and it involves drinking but also just being really a tall idiot we're in japan mm-hmm. we go to japan it's christine me scott Lowe, cindy panda musk warren price a crew of idiots who are just out to have a great time in japan and we're there for vacationing we get we're out drinking every night in these cool bars and doing all that stuff but when we come home panda musk is one of the worst influences in the world because mm-hmm. we'd come home and he'd be Flint like lamps well that and then he's like that mcdonald's across the street is 24 hours so we're gonna eat there every night to close out and I was like, we're like that's a great idea because we need to not be drunk so we go and order obscene amounts of mcdonald's and go back to our hotel rooms which are tiny everything's tiny in japan and i'm six three so i'm gigantic so we fit christine and i finish our food and i have these this bag this giant bag of trash and the, like literally the, the trash cans are this size in our hotel room <laughs> so i'm like well fuck i'll go downstairs give it to the guy i want to be good go downstairs through broken english exchange, oh, okay throws it away <laughs> here's like, garbage here's a, here's a whole giant thing of mcdonald's trash <laughs> and i'm drunk but i'm not like wasted this isn't a wasted thing but it's I maybe throw i come back upstairs and as i open the door to our hallway in the hotel I duck down because everything's so low, and I come up, and I come up way too early, and I'm right on. I nail myself into oh, this door jam, God. and I shit you know, like I collapse. I'm on the ground. Mm. I see like that white, you know, just like yeah, uh, intense pain, and I'm trying. I'm like feeling to our room, and I stumble in. Christine's like, "What the hell's wrong?" I'm like, "Ah," oh, and I had this huge lump. But it's like looking back on it. I'm not sure the physics of how close I would have been to paralyzing myself for real. Oh. Like, you know, you dive in, like, you dive into shallow water, right? And you hit your head and you're fucked. Like, this is a very similar thing in the way of, like, I'm coming up, I guess, I, you know, diving, there's no way to stop yourself. Yeah. Like, your yeah, body yeah. reacts as soon as it hits yourself. Man. But it was like, I was, that was intense, intense pain. That's crazy. I, I feel like, so the most recent thing for me was in this house, I got up and I started walking, like, Pretty quickly, and I stubbed my toe mm-hmm. super hard on the desk, and it totally fucked up my pinky toe. It'll yeah. never be the same. Like it's all nasty and bruised and shit. Oh, like no. even now, it was months ago, but whatever. But I remember that being like a very sharp pain, and it hurt for weeks to like even just walk. Yeah. So that sucked. But the most painful moments, just getting through them real quick. One of them was when I was really young. I'd say maybe like five or six. My dad would ride his bike, and I would wear rollerblades because this is the nineties. Yeah, of and, course. Um, I would hold on to the like the back of his seat, so it's like he had the seat was here, but there'd be like mm-hmm. a metal bar underneath. I'd hold it, and so he would just like ride his bike, and it would just fucking right above me. the wheel that was spinning. Yes, yeah, that seems yeah. like a bad idea. The nineties. Yeah, <laughs> I hit a little bump. I fly forward, 
my arm fat oh, gets caught in the spoke and it fucking ripped bitch. me up. Oh, it fucking fucking shit. And I was horrified to live at that point. Mm-hmm. Like, I remember not wanting to do anything. I was just like, I think for like a week I just laid there and I was just like, I'm done. I yeah. just, I give up. Never trying again. I'm never trying anything again. Yeah. Like, that was, that explains, never a, that explains a lot, again. Kevin. <laughs> that explains a lot now. It all makes sense. It yeah. all makes sense, Kevin. It was fucking horrifying. And then, um, another one was when I was maybe in fifth grade, me and my brother were wrestling and in the moment, like he didn't mean to be an asshole, but this is a really fucking asshole thing to do. He grabbed a frying pan oh, and he hit me Christ. in the face with it. And like he hit me really hard and yeah. it broke one of my teeth. Oh, like, fuck. Fucking just broke the top of it, not the bottom. So for a long time, like, and, and we were pretty poor, so I, I had not went to a dentist until... IGN. A couple years until IGN. Yeah, I and so, yeah, I mean, like, when you guys so first the nerve met wasn't, me, like, the nerve wasn't exposed. It just chipped the tooth? No, the nerve was exposed. So it's like, I lived my life very painfully for a long time. I just got used to it. Jesus. But, like, on one of my front teeth, it was like the whole top of it was just gone. And it fucking sucked. Yeah. Like, it sucked. But, yeah, motherfucker hit me with the frying pan. That really hurt. Um... And we're, so we're, we're going up the, the path here. So it's like, these are, this is the, the ranking. Oh, we're building up we're to building, the most painful shit? Oh, mass, then the, the second to most painful thing for me was I was playing soccer and some girl. Period. Huh? The second most painful thing, I was playing soccer. Done. Period. Full stop. Um, I don't know. I must have been maybe like sixth grade at this point. She kicks the ball. Super fucking like going for a goal here. Kicks the fucking ball. Fucking flips out some other random ass way. I was not expecting it. Mm. I'm wearing little gym shorts. Oh no! Hits me straight in the balls, mm. and everything goes white. Yeah, 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 like, and my stomach hurt for about thirty minutes, Dude. and like, I just I thought I was broken. Mm. There's like, no what? way to explain. Like, I've had girlfriends ask me about it before. There's no way to no explain way. it because it's no never. Way. It's not. It's always too like for, for not one that intense, but like when you get hit in the balls, and there's you. The, the big problem is it gives you enough time to be like, oh, this Uh-oh. is going to, oh, because uh, yeah. it radiates up into yeah. you. It's like, like oh. your balls don't hurt. Yeah. No. It's your stomach. They're and it's conduit. just like, oh, yeah. And it's just like, goddamn, like, you're just, I'm done. I'm yeah. fucking done. Now, yeah. I'll, I, I remember thinking I was blind. Yeah. Because things were white for so long. And I was just like, fuck my life. Again, I, I'm pretty dramatic when it comes to these things, but it's like, that's how I remember this. Yeah. Like, I remember it being the end of the world. Sure, yeah, yeah. Um, now, it leads me to my most painful The most painful thing, story. Which is, this is definitely TMI. But you can't spell TMI without T-I-M. Do I do this? Uh, do I do this? Not Kevin, is this what we do? Stop it, let him tell Kevin, the story. Kevin, do I rub my tummy? What's that even mean? Spoilers. Oh, okay, sorry. It's for spoilers. He's trying to keep up with the kids. He can't. Please go. Got it. You're got interrupting. It. Okay. So, I... Have what I would call a poop problem. Uh, where I'm not good at pooping. How are you not good at pooping? I don't know. Like, my poops aren't good. They hurt. They're just, they're big. Drink more yeah, goddamn it's, water. It's honestly that you're not hydrated. That's I drink 100%. a lot of fucking water. No, you, you don't. Coke. I do. I drink I've a lot of coke. I've never seen you drink water before. That's not in my life. true. I drink a lot of water. When's the last time you had water today? Today, I did not have water. <laughs> I drink a lot of water, though, like, just overall. For the record, yes. it's 5.36 in the evening. Yeah, <laughs> yeah whatever. I mean, okay, maybe even it's been a couple months being here, but, like, at IGN, I drank a shit ton of water. Okay. So it's, like, then it didn't change any of the issues here. Like, I would drink, like, eight, wa- eight liters of water a day. I got in trouble for it. Motherfucker said I'd be like, Tim, you can't drink that much water. I can't control myself. I'm a water fiend. Water's okay. delicious. You like to just swim There was one time, though. Where I was really constipated and things were really bad. And this is about to get nasty. 
But okay. I'm letting you know. Okay. Best friends. Yeah. Best friends don't judge. Prepare yourself. I'm going to judge. There was one time when I pooped a poop that changed me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> like, I... It, it scares me to even think about it. Yeah. Like, okay. it hurt and it took so long. Yeah. And like, I don't know, it must, it might have like the process of it actually like from Prairie Dog to like release probably was about 15 seconds, but it felt like maybe An eternity, 15 minutes. Yeah. And oh man, it would just slowly scrape out. Pushing out there, pushing out there. Just I gave kept, birth. It, That's what happened. Yeah, I kept the hole open the yeah. entire time. Anal birth. Anal birth. And it mm-hmm. it ripped everything, guys. Yeah. It I believe just it. fucking ripped shit up. I believe it. And it yeah. was just bad. Mm-hmm. And I'll never forget the moment when I looked in the toilet and it was just a bloody mess. Ew. And I was like... Have you gone to the doctor for this? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, things have been... Again, this was just like a... Just one, make sure. One just make sure. Yeah, just no. Sure. It's just fine. Yeah, we get it. But, uh, <laughs> man... It hurt so bad, and like when I looked into it, I was like, "I'm dying." I I, I thought I shat out an organ. <laughs> <laughs> like, is that my stomach? Yeah. So, Damn. sorry for that, guys. But Damn, that was that's my most painful moment. I'm sorry. Thanks for sharing. You're welcome. Colin, do you have a most painful moment? I have a lot of them. A lot of them are stomach related because I have a really fucked up stomach, uh, well chronicled. When I was at, when I, we were at New York Comic Con. Uh, last time in 2014, I was late because I was having such chronic stomach problems that like I couldn't leave my my bed in my dad's house for like two or three days, um, and I was shitting blood like left or right. Then um, I have like s- pretty significant stomach problems so that they you know they know what is it like ulcers and all that kind of stuff mm-hmm. and uh, you know presumably colitis and stuff like that. So uh, a lot of them that one was really painful. That was one of the things where like I was shitting every literally every about every 15 to 20 minutes for two days. Like, and it was just little bits at a time, almost like a sandy powder that would come out along with like a ton of blood. I have a bunch of pictures. You want to see? Them? No, I don't. Because I would, my dad was at work, and I'd text him and be like, I, and I was thing where I'm like, I think I might be pretty fucked up. Like I've, like everyone in my family knows I have stomach problems and like the degrees of them, and I'm like, I've never had this before. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I was pretty convinced I had colon cancer actually at that point. Um, but I got an endoscopy and everything was okay, and a colonoscopy, which was fun. Uh. And then uh, there was one time, so when I, I have about every two or three weeks, I have what I call a stomach episode, and I've had this for my entire life, since I can remember, where I get really bad stomach pains, I can feel it coming for about a half an hour, and then I have to shit, and then I'm on the bowl for like two hours, and I have like crippling stomach pains, like I'm getting stabbed in my stomach, basically, and this was something that's been happening to me like my whole life, and no one's really been able to explain it. Um, ghosts. And uh, it's ghosts, yes. Um, but the, so I, when this happens, like I have a procedure, I'm like, I know what's happening. I go into the bathroom, I take all my clothes off because I start sweating profusely and I'm not like a sweater at all. Like really, I don't sweat unless I'm like doing like really doing something. I don't just like organically sweat if I'm sitting around in a hot place or whatever, but I sweat through like everything I'm wearing when this happens for some reason. Um, and this happened to me once in college and, uh, my girlfriend at the time uh, found me like in the fetal position, like naked in, in the bathroom. And I was like, and I, that was the time where I was like, I think I'm dying. Like I've done, I don't know this isn't, this is the usual stabbing motion, but it feels like, you know, 10 knives instead of five. Mm-hmm. So I've had things like that. I had a lot of hockey injuries, some concussions, um, cut my hand open. I still have the huge cigar, scar on my, my hand here. Um, this was from a mm. McDonald's Coca-Cola 2000 millennium glass that my mm. dad got at, full of Coke. And, uh, he was going out one night, uh, and I was laying on the couch watching who wants to be a millionaire. <laughs> And uh, great show. And 
he was like going to the front door. He's like, all right, I'll see you later or whatever. And I got up. I'm like, all right, goodbye. And I was going to the kitchen and I, the Coke was on the ground and I leaned oh, down and no. I broke the glass underneath my hand. Fuck, man. And I just had a huge cut and I remember, I, I'll still never forget it. I remember him being like, like, cause he was like literally like going out the door and I was like, dad, I need to like, right. Yeah, he's like, all right, let's go. Uh, so I had a little moments like that. I also don't want to overlook emotional pain. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, no, no. Uh, I want to say like the like I, I when I broke my shoulder and or uh, dislocated my shoulder broke my collarbone whatever the fuck happened when I was in, a senior in high school um, that was like really all fucked up like that was awful that was probably the worst awful physical pain I've ever felt but uh, and that was later you couldn't move I couldn't move for like a month you don't realize how much you use your collarbone so you can't use it it's um, unbelievable I've done that it was not pleasurable the day after and this happened a few days before 9-11 as i've I've said before but the the uh the day the first day i woke up in bed my alarm went off and i like instinctively like went to reach over and like Mm. shut it off and i screamed out like woke yourself up on that one yeah it was awful my dad ran he's like what is wrong with you and i'm like he's like he's stepping on the coke glass (laughs) it's always always something um but when i i broke up with my girlfriend in college a couple times like not on good terms because i don't want to get into the whole semantics of it but that was probably some of the worst pain I'd ever felt, legitimately, too. Yeah, um, yeah that It was debilitating. Like, rem- just talk to Ramon about that sometimes. Like, I, I like to the point where like, I wasn't going to class and like not doing anything. Um, just like I wasn't doing anything at all. Just hanging out, <laughs> you know, for like a couple of weeks. Um, so that was pretty bad too. Emotional scars, emotional pain, pretty significant. Saw a TED talk on the way back from uh, where were we last? Atlanta. Momo. Uh, was watching a Momo. TED talk about emotional pain and how, like, people are like, guy, psychologist was telling a story about how, like, um, kid was brushing his teeth, falls off the little stool and, like, cuts his leg or whatever. And so he goes and gets a band aid. And he was telling the story about, like, the kid knows at a young age he's got to brush his teeth and he's got to, like, he can clean out the cut, but he doesn't know that, like, he has emotional scars and, like, f- psychological things that also need to be tended to, like a cut or, like, you know, mm-hmm. things that you have to maintain. I thought it was a pretty interesting analogy. But... Some new age bullshit. Mom might have been like, did you finish co- I've been bleeding, bleeding out. And she'd be like, did you finish brushing your teeth? Like, mom, I'm bleeding. She's like, brush your teeth. Answer my question. That's also, how hardcore my mom was. Also, in the moment, pain tattoos are very painful. Mm. But mm. The, the pain goes away very quickly. You don't feel them after a while anymore. One of the great... I've told this story, but I had Moriarty tattooed on my back before, and, and my friend Kate put lotion on my back mm. uh, when I was a freshman in, in college. And you, the, the people at the place, I got all my tattoos at the same place. They were like, you need to get Lubriderm. That's why That's why I still use Lubriderm. Like, you need to get Lubriderm with no scent. You know, like the blue Lubriderm. And I was like, poor as shit. I was so poor that the Moriarty tattoo was paid for by my friend, and I had a pair back because I didn't have the money. Um, and... And... Uh, so I was like, I have this like shitty suave stuff that my mom bought in like a big fucking Costco bottle. And my friend Kate started putting it on me like just as a favor because we were like going out and it was the wor- like some of the worst pain ever. Mm-hmm. I had to like go into the shower and get it off. Cause, and, there, and I talked to the guy when I got my next tattoo. It was like a year later. And he's like, so uh, yeah, it looks, how's it look? It looks good. And I was like, yeah, but like the, ta- the suave, I, he's like, why are you, you, he's like, you're putting perfume on an open wound. Yeah. You know? He's like, that hurts. You use the, the scentless stuff, the expensive stuff, and it helps it heal better. Mm-hmm. I was like, yeah, I was just had no money at the time. I'm sorry. <laughs> Give me another tattoo. <laughs> yeah, What's so your worst pain, Nick? Uh, I've had a couple of injuries that were stupid. I think the, probably, most of my pain is, is less from actual physical damage, more from just uh, uh, the emotional damage of being incredibly embarrassed that I was doing something that I probably shouldn't have been doing. Okay. Um, one notable uh, pain that I had was I was into riding motorcycles a while back. My brother-in-law lives up in Tahoe. I was like, hey, we should go like riding on dirt. And I was like, all right, let's do it. I just got my license. I don't know how to ride motorcycles. And he's like, cool. Dirt 
riding a motorcycle on street and riding a motorcycle on dirt might as well be completely different activities. They, for all intents and purposes, they're they're it's the same set of mechanics, but the the difference between the physics of how the tire makes friction with street, which is designed to actually meet rubber and produce fi- friction so that it does not go crazy, versus dirt, which is designed specifically so that you can skid around corners and kind of be a little out of control while you're in control. That's what dirt was designed for. <laughs> well, for for dirt, as far as dirt bike riding. Yeah, so I go on and I'm like, this is, it's one of those situations where I hop on. I'm like, I am out of my element. I'm way beyond my depth here. I, I should not be on this thing. Uh, dirt bikes are tall specifically to, to have coverage to get over rocks and things like that. So this thing is already like, I'm when I'm sitting idly by, you have to kind of lean on one leg. You can't put both your feet down. I'm already short to begin with. And this bike's not, it's too tall. It's for a guy that's like six foot two. So. I'm going, and I make it all the way to the end of the day. We're going up hills, and I'm like, holy shit, this is terrifying. But I'm not going to be a bitch in front of my brother-in-law because he's like a man's man. So I'm coming down, and, like, it stalls, and I have to, like, kickstart it. And I'm on this, like, in my brain when I'm remembering this, I'm on this fucking, like, hill that's got a half a foot just for the tire. And if I go a little bit too far, I'm going to skid all the way down and tumble to my death. In reality, it was actually a pretty big path. Get all the way down. Make it almost all the way back to the truck. We're going to load the bikes back on. And we stop, and he's like, what do you want to do? You want to keep going? I was like, nah, I think I'm good. You know, I don't want to burn it too far. I'm, you know, I'm shopping the gnar, gnar pretty hard right now. So I want to make sure I get it back and you know, save on, some for tomorrow. In the back of my mind, I'm like, I'm fucking terrified of the sport. Like, I can't. I, I got to get off this bike. This thing's going to kill me. And it's one of those things where you psych yourself out to the, play, the point where it almost becomes a self-fulfilling yeah. uh, 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 prophecy. prophecy. Where he goes, okay, cool, let's go. And I was like, okay, great. And like a dipshit, I just forgot the mechanics of the clutch because on a bike you have to use all four of your your you have to use both hands and both feet you have to use all four of your limbs in order to move the clutch. There's no there's no such thing as an automatic bike unless you're uh, riding like an electronic bike or electric bike rather. So you have to remember the sort of order of operations. And if you haven't done it enough, it doesn't become it doesn't get into your muscle memory. So of course I let the clutch out. You're supposed to let the clutch out uh, sort of as you're engaging the throttle. So you can kind of get that momentum and start going so the, it catches and you start going. I did it sort of the wrong way, and the bike went whoop, and up a hill. And so I was like, I'm holding the bike like this. Oh, fuck. And I'm like, uh, and at that point, all I would have really needed to do was because, and because it's a dirt bike, you just let it go. Just let it go and get out of its way, right? Because these things are built to fall down and smash and tumble and whatever. But I'm like, this is not my bike. I can't fuck this bike up. So I got to put it down the correct way. And as I did that, I throttled it more. And it went, oh, Jesus. And came and a muscle in my back mm. just went and just just pulled as hard as you possibly can pull. And I fucking collapsed. And I collapsed and I sort of like pushed the bike off me. And my, and my brother-in-law was like, what the hell just happened? And I'm like, I don't know. I freaked out. I did the wrong thing. And um, now I'm seriously injured. And I, I <laughs> and the engine's burning me now. Yeah. Get it off me. <laughs> The back muscle. And, <laughs> Can we have and, this conversation once yeah. it's off of me? And of course, he was like, he, he's, an e, he's a firefighter and he's being EMT. So he was like, okay, get up. Let me check you out. And he was like, yeah, I think you just pulled the muscle, but we, we'll take you to the emergency room. Got Vicodin. That wasn't the only time I've been. Every time I do anything with him, I end up in the emergency room getting Vicodin. Um, <laughs> Yo, you want to go climb these trees? <laughs> he Literally, the next story is like we were skiing together. And he's like, we should do this cool thing. I was like, all right. And then I ended up with a separated shoulder. I was like, in the emergency room again? My wife, my wife and my sister-in-law have a joke about it where they're like, Nick and Ian are going out together again. <laughs> we'll, we'll see Ian in about an hour. Nick will be in the emergency room in about two. Um, but, yeah, that was interesting because that's the gift that keeps on giving, too. When you have a really bad muscle pull, if you don't take care of it, it takes forever to go away. And so there were times when I used to live in Knob Hill where there would be hills, yeah. uh, very steep hills in San Francisco, famously so. And I would put uh, my backpack with my computer and all my stuff and, like, gym clothes and stuff on it to walk up the hill. And I would throw it on and get three steps, and my back muscle would give out. 
And it was one of those things where it was like the pain would be so intense that your body has a mechanism where it basically shuts down that group of nerve clusters and muscles, and you just it was just fucking collapse. Like there would be times I'd be walking normally, like whoa. And just, <laughs> and the pain would just shut off my entire right side of my body. Um, so that was that was pretty painful um, and incredibly embarrassing. And I'm trying to think of the other story. That oh, the other really really this is not this was painful in the moment, more embarrassing to talk about. But this is probably the better of the two stories. I think I've told this story before, but I used to have rose bushes when I lived in Irvine, and I used to love to go out there and I'd prune the bush, like prune them, I'd cut them back and like sculpt them a little bit. It was a fun little zen experience. These are your was, parents' bushes. No, these are I, I rented a house in gotcha. Irvine with my buddy Ryan and one of our other friends, and we had these rose bushes. And we were, like, too cheap to actually pay for landscaping because we thought we'd do it ourselves, but we were really fucking lazy. So the thing by <laughs> maybe we month two looked like uh, an overgrown jungle in, like, South America someplace. So I was like, I'm going to start. I'm going to prune these bushes. This is how we're going to start, and then we're going to move along. So I would do it, you know, for a couple hours. But I also liked to nair my back. This is back when I was still doing it myself. And what I didn't put two and two together was I was getting a wicked sunburn on, the back, on my back as I was doing this because of course I was doing it shirtless to get a little bit of tan while I was smoking a cigarette. So I'm smoking, pruning, smoking, pruning, not really noticing what's going on, how long I've been out there for it. I come back in and my back is fried. I mean it is red but I can't see it because it's my back. So I'm like cool and in my brain I'm like I got a date later so I'm going to manscape right now. And I take this stuff called Nair, and this is just a very thick cream. It's a depilatory cream that basically burns the top layer of your skin and burns into the pore of uh, the hair hair follicle. And so I put it on the back of my neck, and I take my hand away, and it is the most painful fucking thing I have ever experienced in my life because it instantly started to burn my skin. It was like an instant chemical burn. Because it made contact with that very sensitive skin. And whatever it's supposed to happen in the, in the 10 minutes you're supposed to leave it on happened all at once. Yeah. And I, like, I basically screamed. And I just ran to the shower and started dousing the back of my neck. And, like, then, of course, oh, the water God. hitting it was just even worse. And it, I, looked at my, I looked at my neck and it looked like uh, someone had poured acid on the back of my of it and my skin was like bubbling up already. Oh it, was, my God. it was terrible. Fuck. I mean, it went away. It just peeled off of like the three layers of skin. And boy, it was soft after date? that. Uh, yeah. Of course I did. She was blonde. She was so cute. So cute. Didn't end up well. Yeah, because um, you try to take off your shirt and you look like a you got a t- you like a grown oh, no, That was back, back when I was monster from the Witcher. <laughs> that was back when I was fat. The shirt never came off until the lights were on uh, off. Okay, like so I would be one of those guys with like everything. She would be completely naked and I would still be one hundred percent clothed. <laughs> <laughs> like, I would be like, so uh, where's the light then, switch? You know, hey, and then lights would go off and then I'd like cl- like climb into bed and just pop up like a little mongoose and was like, I'm ready for this. I'm ready for the love. These are good stories. This is yeah. a good, this is a good one. It's a good topic. Yeah. Uh, the actually the, the most amount of pain I've ever been in though was when I got my wisdom teeth pulled out. And and here's why. When the doctor tells you to go home and take the medication immediately, when right when you get home, do it. Because I was like, I feel great. Because they, they knocked yeah, it out for it. Have, so I was like, I feel fantastic. Because they give you that good shit, that good shit. Ooh, that good dick. That good dick. Um, and about an hour later, because the, the doctor's like, you're going to go home, you're going to feel fantastic, it's going to wear off in about an hour. He even warned you. And that's how much time it takes for the drug taking. So take this drug immediately. And in one hour, and this is when I was like 17 years old, so I consider myself pretty, pretty much an adult. I was pretty tough. I was crying like a little girl and asking for my mommy. Literally, I was like, Mom, you need to come over here and hold me because this pain is so terrible right now. Like It was blinding. 
Like I was, I was. It was either the tears or just the sheer amount of pain yeah. was just the fucking room was like closing in on me, and I'm like, I can't focus on anything but this horrible pain. And my mom is just like feeding me Vicodin. She's like just codeine, just get it in his mouth, I'm like crushing it up into my thing. I'm like, I gotta just make this kid shut up. I got my sauces burning on the stove. It was terrible. Nick, yeah. What's your topic? My topic comes from Twitter. It's been a while since we've had a Twitter topic. And it's true. So I thought I'd go back to it. Someone gave okay. me a really good one. Uh, this this will be a fun one for you guys. At Magical Ham says, give me the title of each of your biopics or biopics, depending on how you choose biopic, to say that word. right? I've always said biopic. it that way. But going off of Tim's subject, if they were to make a documentary about all of us or one of us or each, in, each of us individually, what would the name of your, di- your, your, uh, your biopic be? I'd always thought I when I when I left college, right, and I was bumming around writing a bit and stuff outside of the newspaper. I I was putting the I had an outline for a book about everything I had done in college, and I was going to call it "I Was a Blue-Haired Antler." Mm. But now I've come so that could be the college years of me. Right. But I've done so much more now. Right. Greg's would be whacked out beyond belief. The Greg Miller story. Sure. That's not bad. <laughs> it's been my pleasure to serve you. It's been my pleasure to serve you. That's a good one. That's a good one. I would maybe think for you, Greg, we piss in Dixie cups. Maybe piss in Dixie cups. Yeah, that sounds like my country music album. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I like to piss in them Dixie cups all night and day for a magic. All right, weird time signature on that. Yeah, that was really weird. Sorry. Earlier I said uh, the you can't spell TMI without T I M. Oh, that's really. I feel like there's something. I like that. Something's in there. T-I-M, I like, TMI with T-I-M. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I feel, I feel like all of our monikers or, or these uh, these nicknames that Greg has bestowed upon us famously Ooh. would work very, very well, especially for Colin. The Pride, the Pride of, Long, of Island. Long Island. I don't know if I can really... In, re, in the real world, it's funny. Funny. It's it's Billy Joel or Jerry Seinfeld, someone's going to punch me in the face. Oh, fuck them. What, are they going to come to your door and punch you in the face? Not, Billy Joel's not punching anyone in the goddamn face. Billy Joel's I'll a nut job. Billy Joel up. Oh, I don't for know. You. Will. Mm. Oh, he's old, brother. He's old, that's sure. I'm yeah, seeing I'm this I'm spry. Jerry Seinfeld hasn't. He's not gonna put. I don't know. I just don't. I feel like it's. You know, that was a name given to me. So if someone wanted to name the documentary that they made about me, I guess I would allow it. But if it was a documentary that had any power, and I was like, I can't, I can't in good faith let you name me this because this is what I'm called here on the internet. But there are certainly, you know, quite a few people from Long Island that might take issue with this. You know, including people that are actually significantly famous Mm -hmm. for things that they actually did. But they don't have documentaries about them. Yeah, that's the difference. I'm gonna go for you. This is the easy answer. Mm-hmm. Colin was right. That's really good. I like producer bad. seducer though. But I mean, like, producer seducer would work for story me. Story of seduction. Yeah, and production. That's the tale. <laughs> <laughs> In parentheses, <laughs> and, and, and a little bit of production. <laughs> but I would want it if someone made a documentary about me. I would want it. I would want to write it, and I would want it to be completely false, just completely. Nonsensical and completely like seems like the the opposite of a biopic. <laughs> but that's wouldn't that be more fun? Like my life, it's cool. We did some cool shit, but like I would love it much more if it was like every other story was me like going into space or saving children in space or like putting out a fire in space. <laughs> that you know? was that was a scary day for all of us when that school bus got into space. <laughs> thankfully, Nick, thankfully Nick was just there. I don't know how he was. Why, NASA why he was in organized space. very quickly to get them back down. Yeah, it was crazy. magic school bus spiraling out of control. That's hilarious. Um, producer Studios would be uh, that'd be good for me. I think. Yeah, that's good. Pretty much famous on the internet. Yeah, want, internet superstars would be good. Internet superstars, I like that. Uh, internet superstar. Uh, the pure one for Tim is amazing. Ah. It's good. It sounds it's like a, a good a, name. It sounds like a wrestler. 
The pure one? Yeah, yeah. It does. You see that. The pure one. Yeah, I don't know if that's case. a good name for a documentary about No, me. we know. We're not sold on it yet. The pure one, the untold story. It's always the untold story. But I mean, like, I feel like my story's going to be pretty well told. Yeah, our whole, all of our stories. Yeah. They're all documented like right here. That's why yeah. I got to make some shit up. <laughs> you know what I mean? I guess, yeah. We got to fill the gaps. What if they corroborate, try to corroborate it? The, who the hell, who's going to do that? I don't know. What, someone. Ah, uh, then other, that's, that's the glorious part about the world we live in. Is no that fact checking? People fact check, but they can never really. It took him 30 years to catch Brian Williams. You think exactly. they're going to catch us when we put out a documentary? Here's that the dude's th- the head of the, he prints his own money. I don't know. <laughs> I heard, we heard a funny news, a new radio report. Where he's like, they, they, "Never mind, it's not gonna, it's not." Gonna that work. dude prints his own money. No, they were t- the they were making, they were making, they were making fun of him because they were like, "Here's his new resume," and, and as part of his resume, it was like, "Fee is doesn't need to be negotiated because true story, I'm the head of the Federal Reserve Bank and ah. I can just print my own money." Because he it was just a bunch of lies, obviously. Sure. He's, he told a bunch of lies. Um, he's a liar. He's not a truth teller. Hmm. He'll bounce I mean, back. See, he, the thing about documentaries, and like we talk about, you know, Greg's documentary, Complete Nonsense, The Greg Miller Story, is that the reality is if we ever did a documentary where they were like, oh, let's go back and talk to Colin's teachers or something like that or whatever, mm-hmm. they'd, they'd all be like, who the fuck are you talking about? It's been oh, yeah. 20 years. I've had thousands of pupils since then. He was a very unremarkable person, clearly. It would only really start maybe. After college mm-hmm. or something, where people would really probably remember me, except for my friends and family, of course, and people mm-hmm. I interact with. But I don't think you're gonna like walk up and, you know, find some interesting story. Oh, my like my eighth grade science teacher would be like, you remember Colin Moriarty? And be like, I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. Mm-hmm. Get away from me. Why? So, why did we have the old timer voice and the, the teacher didn't? The teacher had our voice. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you know, Colin Moriarty. Oh, that's a good no, show. The yeah. fuck is he? Yeah, that's a good point. That's, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because we're doing this documentary when we're eighty. Right, right oh, okay, after you okay. decided to just take yeah. yourself out of the equation. No, okay. fair, it's it's funny you point. say that, though, because I think for me, and I think this is because I've been trying to do this for so long, mm-hmm. that, like, it would be very, if you talk to any teacher I ever had, there would be, like, like, I often think about that. Like, I would love to go back to my middle school or high school teachers and just be like, here's what I'm doing now. Because I think all of them would be like, that makes oh, sense, yeah. you somehow made this work. That's mm-hmm. crazy. And, like, I feel like tons of teachers, like, they would, re- and again, like, I think you're talking more about, like, college professors that have had thousands or what i mean i guess everyone they would too i've had a lot of kids well, in that time high school period. and uh, definitely a lot of churn yeah I assume, but know? i feel like my high school teachers would have a bunch of tim and alfredo stories mm. like i, I mm-hmm. think that we definitely kind of hit them with the like god these kids are ridiculous and stupid Get them out of here. yeah just pass and it's them. like now we're doing this shit so i feel like it would actually work well for the documentary they'd be like all right like i have stories of when tim used to have people sign autographs like when tim and alfredo set up an autograph booth and people this, signed them. Yeah. And it's like, why? Kevin there was, was number we one. We had line, done nothing. He? We just told people we were important. I tricked you all. Isn't that, isn't that the internet in general? <laughs> yeah, I mean, that really isn't is. Isn't that and what every like... celebrity poses to do? Yeah. I'm very important. You should care about me. I think that guy's important. We should yeah. care about him. I mean, we just printed it's pictures of me and him exactly looking all sexy and shit. I like they literally it. said too damn sexy. How did them. you guys have photos and we don't even have photos from when we go to cons? I don't know. I mean, well, we printed them at Kinko's. Ah, okay, <laughs> there, that makes more pieces sense. Pieces of paper. Okay. Okay. Which, by the way, we easily could also do. Yeah, do we? we, we I want, I want well, glossy paper. Nice glossy paper at Kinko's. How much does that cost? It's probably like 50 cents a print. Shut up, Kevin. Um, I like the idea if they ever did the kind of funny documentary. Colin has this phrase, which I think is hilarious. Largely irrelevant. Yeah. Which I think is hilarious. Kind of funny. Largely irrelevant. <laughs> completely irrelevant. Is, is it completely irrelevant? It's completely. He said largely one time, and I was like, that's funny, because we're yeah. kind of relevant. 
were kind but of irrelevant. In, in, in a general, way, I guess. Were, in, in were a way, com- I guess. <laughs> irrelevant. Completely irrelevant. Um, which I like. That. That's actually a better name for a documentary. Completely irrelevant. The kind of funny story. That's pretty good. Done. Okay. Let's make that 20 years from now after Kevin's our bosses and fires is all. I feel, like, I feel like for Greg, and, and for Colin too, but I feel like specifically for Greg, because you are the, the, the biggest of us. Personality-wise, and and then you know, physically, 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 figuratively um, speaking, I feel like there's a, something to be like. We have kind of funny, and that the kind of can kind of fit anywhere. You know what I mean? Like, and you can just add kind of anything else, and it could be the title of something. Kind of brotato. Like, what? Kind of brotato. Kind of brotato is not the direction I just, would go. Uh, it's brain tree can't okay. get wrong in the okay. brain. Okay. What's okay. a brotato? <laughs> 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 what was that sound? What isn't a bro I feel like Beyond is a it would be a good starting point for something because it would be kind of more like a, 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 little, a winky with the tin cup, wasn't he? A winky, not yeah. We're not the ones making the documentary. Oh, Someone okay, else is okay. making it. Whatever. I mean, maybe IGN will make it. I'm going to assume IGN is going to make it. Okay. Sean Finnegan over at IGN. I, one of the coolest things IGN ever did was the documentary they did about IGN at 10. Oh, yeah. The 10 Remember years that? When they brought everybody back to interview them. That was awesome. That, that was, was really, really, cool really, really cool. I think I shot that. Yeah, I think you did. Yeah, I think I made that documentary. It's a three-part. I also really appreciate the documentary behind the scenes of the Halo. Oh, yeah. Um, that was April fun. Fool's video. Yeah, a lot of people made well fun done. of me for that, but we did those. That was cool. We shot, we had, uh, I think Amy came and shot footage for that. For yeah, it was really what up? It was good. But I feel like Beyond the Something would be good for the your Thunderdome. Beyond the Thunderdome. Beyond the Mat. Is that right, taken? It's taken, too. Yeah, it's taken too. That's a good documentary, too. That was a good documentary, actually. Yeah. Who, was that? Oh, hey, who was that for? That was for movie theaters. No, no, no. Was it around a specific wrestler, or was it just wrestling? Oh, they did a bunch of wrestlers. I mean, Mankind and Rock were, like, the key components of it. Because yeah. there's one right now that's on my Netflix queue for uh, Brett the Hitman Hart. Oh, that's a really good one, too. Because yeah, they, they're following him. Is it all the Montreal Screwjob and everything else? I, I don't know. I don't, I, oh, I won't, I won't ruin it for you, then. It looks like, yeah, watch, I mean, it looks like it tonight. follows it. I will. Talk to me tomorrow about it. Okay. okay. Right now, I'm going to talk to you guys about Squarespace. They were nice enough to sponsor this breakout. Thank you very much, Squarespace. Um, if you didn't know... Sites look professionally designed regardless of skill level, no coding required, intuitive, and easy-to-use tools. Squarespace has state-of-the-art technology powering your site to ensure security and stability, trusted by millions of people and some of the most respected brands in the world. starts at $8 a month, and you get a free domain if you sign up this year. We use this. We do. We built our We're site We're one of the trusted brands that we they are. are talking about. Oh, really? Oh, no doubt about it. Mm-hmm. They're thinking about us. They're thinking about kind of funny kind of when funny. they talk about this. Trusted brand. Well, we had, we were, we're stupid, so if we could build a site with it, don't worry about it. <laughs> Start your free trial of the site today with no credit card required at squarespace.com. When you decide to sign up for Squarespace, make sure you use the offer code KINDOFUNNY, all one word, to get 10% off your first purchase. Squarespace. Build it beautiful in Squarespace, of course. Thank you so much for sponsoring this show, helping us get crazy. What's super exciting, too, is that uh, there's this new thing going on, Tim. Mm-hmm. It's called Vulcan Deck Masters, and it's now powered by Squarespace. Uh, release I have here says our premier online Hearthstone event, Vulcan Deck Masters, is now powered by Squarespace. Vulcan Deck Masters is a two-season event for $100,000 in combined prize pool with open qualifiers starting on June 8th and around Robin. What are you doing? I'm making your mouth. Oh, thank you. Oh, because yeah. you can't see it. Yeah. Round Robin League play beginning June 22nd. The events will be broadcast on Twitch.tv. Up a little bit. Up a little bit. Right there. Got on twitch.tv slash Vulcan HS, starting in just about one hour. So there you go. That's happening. That's cool. Squarespace doing that. Mm-hmm. They're getting out there. They're getting into the gaming now. Yeah. Good for them. Good for them. And good for you, ladies and gentlemen. 
Good Thank for you, you so indeed. Much. Good for you for watching this episode of the Game Over Greggy Show. It's always our pleasure. If you didn't know, each and every week, four, sometimes five best friends gather on this table. Each bring that's okay, Forty. Don't worry. What's happening? Each bring a random topic of conversation for your amusement. If you like that, you can get the whole show over at patreon.com slash kinda funny each and every Friday for free. Then if you don't give us any money, no big deal. You want to watch it again? Cool. Go to youtube.com slash kind of funny day by day, topic by topic as we put it up, leading to the entire show going up on Friday as an MP3 and video. You, you, Is you, it distracting when I touch things in front of you while you're trying to outro? Well, I can't see what you're doing. I just saw your, <laughs> and I saw you doing stuff to the phone and then him laughing. That's what was distracting. The combined idiocy. Does it ever distract you how unprofessional, just completely unprofessional, like the three of us are? It's really you. Tim's pretty. Look at what Tim's doing to the camera right now. Tim's making love to the camera. Kids love that about him. What? What I make love to the camera? I don't see anybody ever being. It's great when Nick looks off at Kevin and has these moments that we don't see. That's great. No, make make all the camera faces. I'm very professional. You are. I don't disrupt and interrupt people. I'm sorry to have to. So now you're doing that like brown nose shit. Like you do to your mom when like, hey, like I've never tattled on anybody. I just wanted to point that out. Yeah, I just want to let you know. That's why I need that NES card. Anyone ever? I've never been a snitch, mom. <laughs> Mom, I'm not a snitch. Until next week, it's been our pleasure to serve you.